Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome back to Skeptic, everyone. Today's episode, we'll be discussing some hot new Tarkov cheats. Not promoting them, but, you know, maybe some something to be aware of coming out in the, uh, possibly, okay, allegedly Tarkov cheats. We don't really know. Uh, we'll get into that in the details. Followed by some, uh... Com uh, community drama, if you will, Pestelli calling out some of the Tarkov creators for embedding. We'll get into that, the details. And we'll be discussing also Hyenas, the Tarkov killer that died. It killed itself. It committed so <laughs> Okay. I'm Before really even it's, you know, it's entered into the market. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I did extensive research on that game because I, it was the first time I was hearing about it. It's like, <laughs> It's just funny, you get an announcement, new game, Extract Shooter's dead. It's like, I, what? <laughs> when was it ever, like, relevant? What? Mm -hmm. It's, like, more relevant that it's dead now, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, so continue on. Road of Vostok, Vostok, I don't know, ditches Unity for a new engine, which we'll be talking about that. Um, and then discussing some of the Tarkov in-game goals and how it's opened up and is a bit more non-linear. And then finally, uh, I'm going to talk about Liza P, the Dark Souls clone that's surprisingly good. <sighs> that's a lot of topics, dude. <laughs> it is, yeah. But I think it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting one simply because, like, literally nothing has happened in Tarkov itself mm -hmm. this week. It's all other things outside of that. And, uh, oh, I guess the only piece of news that literally just came out a few minutes ago or not maybe was it today in general i think that bsg are going to be in twitchcon vegas i think yes i did see that um, um i think that's the only piece of news i think nice guy confirmed it like a minute ago or something saying mm -hmm. like oh they're going to be there and there's going to be arena again there's going to be like copies of arena there i think that's what he said let me just triple check to make sure i'm not just peddling misinformation on the internet you know the <laughs> the way <laughs> the way that it goes yeah so complete confirmation arena will be at twitchcon next month that was from Nice Guy. And given he said, I'm working on getting a good pass and finding a floor to sleep on. And then I would like to say Jesse Kazam is a legend. I presume that he's sleeping on his floor. <laughs> I don't know where Jesse is in relation, or maybe he's maybe he's got a room himself. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly like how far he is from there. But anyway, um, yeah, out of context, it did look kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so that's I think that's the only piece of actual talk of news is that those guys are going to be there at TwitchCon. Um, bit of a long way for me to go. I think it's very unlikely that we'll be going to TwitchCon, but it's one of those, it's one of those things where you think like, oh, you know, everybody will be there kind of thing. So kind of, kind of tempting in some sense, even just sort of like look into a bit, but I don't even know how you get a ticket, honestly. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it at all. So look out for some more stuff from BSG at that event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think they're just wrapping up in Japan currently because some type of gaming yeah. convention there. Um. And you might have mentioned this, I was playing around with some Skype settings, but uh, looks, nice guy was saying confirmation of Arena will be at TwitchCon, not just BSG's yeah. presence, but Arena specifically. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And what's interesting is that 
the Cologne event seemed to be because that was the first one. It was like an right. invite only to play arena. So you could go as the member of the public and go and see the stand, but you couldn't go into the back area and play arena. You could just go and see the stand and do all the other stuff. In Japan, it seemed like anybody could go and play arena. So oh, they were okay. opening out a little bit more. So I presume that's probably the same at TwitchCon as well. So maybe we'll see more people's feedback on how they th- think it is. Um, stuff like that. Because I, I don't think, you know, I don't really know of any Japanese streamers particularly. I know, I know that there's a Japanese community for the game, but I, just, yeah. I mean, I'm not aware of anybody in that community. I think they're mostly their own separate, um, their own separate community most of the time. Probably just simply due to language barrier. Um, us to them more so than them to us, to be fair. <laughs> Their English is probably much better than my Japanese, let's put it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, at TwitchCon when more people's takes on, on Arena and what they think of it. We shall, we shall see. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the only actual like Tarkov news itself. Outside of that, there's been like a whole range of people talking about hackers and cheaters and, and all this stuff. I think like the anecdotal experience is that it is currently getting worse and that it's not feeling very good right now in the game. I, I'm not sure. I've had some more encounters that are a little bit suspicious, but also you can explain them. So like, who knows? As I've always said, as a solo, it's hard. I got one tapped in the side of the head by 855 in the underground of interchange. Like I, I reported it, but like, you know, I would sure. say my confidence level is probably 20%, 30%, something like that. Like if it's not, you know, if it's above like 10%, I'll probably just report anyway. Um, just in case, because yeah, it doesn't hurt if, if it's not, but if it is, then it just adds one more point to the, the tally chart. Like, cause I killed a guy the other day and he was running a, a rogue M4 with 855. So, you know, it's totally legitimate to have that happen. I'm, I'm always surprised that people do it and, and run that ammo. Honestly, in an M4. I don't know. I'm just always shocked. Given that, uh, especially given 86A1, or 56A1 is like so early now. Yeah. I mean, but like, uh, they're not really playing the game. You know, it's, they're like, they are, but like, the cheat's doing a lot of the work, so they don't have to like. But I'm do... saying, like, if they're not cheating, you know what I mean? Like, because there's oh, people who just mean, like, yeah, I killed some guy the other day with an M4. He wasn't cheating. He was just running a rogue M4 with 855. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you. <laughs> You do you, but it's... Uh, <laughs> He's probably doesn't realize there's an ammo chart on the wiki. He's exactly. Like probably... maybe. He's just one of those people that just like just plays the game and doesn't interact yeah. with the community maybe or something. Or they just like can't be bothered and they just go for it. I think whatever. If I hit a headshot, well, I mean, they were right, you know, or the other guy was right if he wasn't, if he wasn't cheating. So like, yeah, it's, it's very hard for me to know. But um, yeah, a lot of people are saying that it's getting bad again. Um, you know, I've seen bunch of like you you could see why people like tigs get kind of salty because I, I do think they get targeted genuinely like I've oh seen yeah quite a few things from on his streams just in general like i what was it the other day oh yeah because somebody mentioned about uh he was he did a big post on twitter about something and um Hulu actually messaged back to him was just like oh you're doing your cabbage thing was like really funny mm-hmm. and so I went to cover just to look at the VOD just to go and see like what he was doing and he was basically putting on the the tier three like huge big helmet oh. and playing like the runescape music and they were like <laughs> farming on labs for they were just like camping on labs just it was just like messing about basically but um yeah, yeah like went to streets and there's like a guy runs past there's like guy runs past the like one of the archways you know where the sky bridge area is like in the middle of the map there's just like two guys he's like st- sat in a tree with the svt 
and two guys run past. One guy with like literally no gear on whatsoever, and the other guy that's like you know fast MT like tree backpack, and it's like. And, and some people are just like, oh, how do you know it's Haxborough? How do you know it's Haxborough? And like the guy just like looks, peeks, and then just like one taps him in the tree, basically. And it's like, if you if you don't think that that's like, you know, probably more likely than not to be a carry service, then I don't, you know, I don't want to tell you. So like, I do, I do feel for Pigs and those guys, because I do think they see this stuff a lot more than I do. Or maybe I'm just blissfully ignorant. I don't know. But um, yeah, either which way. Either which way, before I go too too crazy off on, on on one, I think a lot of people are thinking that bandwave is necessary. Uh, people haven't been getting reports back for a bit, so maybe they're waiting and collecting data because that happens, right? They wait, <laughs> they collect data, and then they ban everybody in one go, so they don't figure out exactly what it was that you know was the was the issue. Yeah, I mean, usually it's a monthly thing, right? Like they'll post at the end of the month. I mean, maybe it's not monthly, but um, you know, they ban over the course of x amount of days we've been x amount of tiers you know like the big spreadsheet mm. thing um, true true so i think we're probably probably due for one of those there was a, a couple of specific ones that seem to have come to light uh one that was kind of crazy which i think logical solutions put on his which yes. was somebody with question mark icons with it so somebody killed a cheetah and they had like question mark i item icons in their bag and the items were like physical game objects, like the, the manifestation of physical game objects. So it was things like computer block and duffel bag and, you know, that kind of thing, like in a one by one slot in their bag, which they were like, maybe it's a bug, but I think people have only ever seen it when uh, people are hacking. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it, it probably is some kind of weird cheat. I don't, well, I don't even know why that would be useful, but. Well, I mean, to me, it looks like, because I'm looking, I'm pull, I got the screenshot up and mm. it's. Like the actual menus, like when you, I guess when you double click on them to inspect it, because he's got it, he's got it in his bag, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, he's got a scav or a tri zip, and there's a dog tag, and then there's, you know, one by ones and four of them, and they have like this red question mark, and this one says PC block, and one says common fund, uh, and then one says weapon B, duffel bag, and then when you open them, it you know the full title comes out common fund stash which i i guess that's a cash well, or I maybe think that one i think that one's the sturman box but it's only a cpu fan three wilsons in the cp two cpu fans three wilsons that seems really unless it's inside. already been yeah oh hmm. i mean that's what i was thinking too but i mean unless it got like looted i i don't who i don't know but yeah. this is what's in there right and then the duffel bag has a weapon repair kit in it and it's like, you know, I mean, it's a four by, oh, you know what? I think you're right. That is the common fun stash is the, um, Sturman stash because it's, it's like a five by five. And I think caches are like four by threes or three by fours. Or four by fours. I can't remember. Something like that. Anyway, it might be four by four stashes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The duffel bags four by three and it's got a weapon repair kit. And then the weapon box one is a three, uh, six by three. And it's got a vowel in it, like a uh, with a mount and a red dot on there. And then the what is this LBT? I guess this is like a rig, mm. or no? It's a backpack. Um, oh yeah, sorry, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the day pack, isn't it? Yeah, I guess that's the backpack he got off of someone. I, I don't know, but it's got like an AKMS in there. Um, that's got like Gluhar guards. Um. Type of mods on it like a suppressor uh 
uh, the Troy gas tube, um, a 30 round mag and like a wooden pistol grip with the folding stock. And then it's got like two 60 rounders, you know, the drum mag and then the stent snag, uh, forms and it, like a couple CMSs. And it's just like, it looks like to me, like, mm-hmm. again, assuming this actually, you know, I don't think it's been doctored. I, I, I don't think, uh, let's see. I, yeah, I don't know if this is actually from logics. He just says a player scout killed a PMC, and then the the nickname of this dog tag was <laughs> Mole Hester <laughs> underscore TTV. So killed by some scav name, but uh, yeah. Anywho, I, I I mean to me, I could see this being like a cheat where like they can spawn in in their bag, you know, this PC block thing, and then it's a loot pool, or you know, maybe it's I don't know. Possible this is completely doctored, but I I really don't know. Yeah, it seems unlikely. So that's a really that's a strange one. Um, I don't yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure what else to say about it other than that it doesn't well, seem. We've only seen I've not seen loads of people talking about it. Just a couple of people. Following that, the following day, or maybe it was like a couple of hours. Um, BSG had launched a technical update. <laughs> mm. uh, which I kind of like jokingly speculated, you know, <laughs> coincidence? I think not. Or, I see. You know. But I could say it. Who knows? I could uh, say it. Yeah, and then, then there was another one, which was more prolific, it seemed. Lots of people were running into it, which is the All Doors Open hack. It was a great one. Mm. Just get into Raid, every door unlocked. All of them. So people were seeing it on streets, jawline, like literally every single door unlocked. Half the time, stuff wasn't even looted. So there was some like weird, you know, weird hack to do that. And uh, on Reddit, a, a thread got quite popular where, I mean, I don't know where they got it from. Maybe it's one of the SPT people or somebody who fiddles around with SPT so they can see some of the code. Um, a piece of code, I mean, whether this is true, whether this is true or not, I don't know, right? The internet just makes up random yeah. stuff sometimes, but Source, presuming it's it true up. for a minute. Exactly. <laughs> presuming it's true. Um, there was a, a piece of code floated basically saying that BSG devs had left a back door in for themselves to open up all doors on the map and hadn't like locked it down. And so hackers had like got in, into that and had utilized that to open all the doors on the map. But I mean, like a ton of people were finding that happening in their raids, going to like all the Concordia rooms, all open. Like, but like not enough stuff was looted. That was the thing. Like there was just no, nothing really looted there. So unless they just like go in raids, just unlock everything. And then just target this couple of high value items and leave. Or whether it is a legitimate bug that's appearing, who really knows? But people have been experiencing that and it's kind of weird. Yep. Said it. Indeed. Indeed. Um, where do you where where do you wanna what do you want to transition this? Do you, do you want to transition this towards the community stuff? Or would you rather speak about some of the game stuff first? What what's your preference? Um let's just do the community stuff. I got I got my tabs open here. Okay. Um, you got you got you got the receipts again. I got the receipts. <laughs> if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, 
the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So this was, uh, what's the date? The 25th uh, when Pestle made this post. And I mean, to be fair, this topic has came up a few times. Um, I think it's been rumbling. Yeah, I think notably Airwing has mentioned it. Um, One peg was the person that I know has been on the. the oh yeah, yeah, that's, about this. Yeah, very recently he's definitely been. Uh, Even did a big interview about it. Mm. About it, I would say. So, especially um, tweets, hey, uh, food EFT, which I think that's no food after midnight. The kind right. of like the OG of uh, ammo charts. Uh, I'll pay you two two thousand dollars USD a week to take your Indra and Nick Millen's embed off your ammo chart site and give me the 2k viewer embed instead this is why and then he goes on to say this is why embed should be banned i could literally offer him a deal he would be stupid to refuse and it would be legal paid view botting sponsors wouldn't be educated enough to know which streams have embeds or not and i could usually make this money back on sponsor deals it's just yucky and deceptive and Twitch, you should do better and get rid of them counting as actual views and people embedding should be more ethically included to not use them as they come across as a con artist deceiving people. And he's got a screenshot of some statistics that honestly I can't really make heads or tails of. It looks like some pretty inflated numbers, um, you know, drastically going from like 5k to 2k to like one day. It's like 16 viewers. and I guess I guess to start off, you know, I think I saw some people not really understanding what embeds are. So, uh, yeah, I'll pass it to you, Giga. What are embeds? So the embeds thing has been rumbling off for a while, and it's not a Tarkov specific thing. Um, there's like this has been going on in other in other places as well. And so, effectively, what an embed is is somebody has a website somewhere that is more or less popular in whatever format, but we'll talk about EFT in particular. Let's talk about uh, like an, an ammo website specifically, because um, <laughs> I think well, No Foods um, website, I think it's his EFTRammo.com or something. something. I don't actually like use this. this website because like all of his information is on the wiki, so I just use the right. logistics wiki page. But anyway, so somebody creates a, a popular website, and what you can do is you can embed your stream on the website to autoplay, and from there, anybody who's on the site just browsing the website is technically watching your stream. And on Twitch, that counts as a view. So if you have an extremely popular website, but you're not that popular a streamer necessarily, I mean, you may or may not be, right? But like you, you could, you're, say you just don't, say you've never even really streamed on Twitch, but you have a popular website, you can literally put your Twitch, like, you know, stream, live stream on the website, embed it into the website itself. And then you will have as many viewers as are on that web page. So obviously you have to have a, a popular website, right? You can't just do it from yep. nothing. But the issue here is that Twitch basically allows this and allows mm-hmm. them to count as views because, you know, they're not really incentivized to discount these things. You know, Twitch sells advertising revenue on its website based upon number of viewers. And if they got rid of embeds, then... They, the total number of views would be lower, so the amount of ad revenue they'd probably be able to sell is smaller. It's one of those things where they feel probably the the overall versus the overall number of views, the actual M, the number of embedded views is is small enough not to worry about, or at least it's not like it's not fraudulent in a, on a macro scale um, for them. 
So, I mean, it's arguable, right? I don't actually know what the split is, but I, I would, I would guess that it is relatively small as a portion of the overall total viewership. Probably. But so, on, from from a Twitch perspective, they don't really care. From an individual content creator's perspective, it can make quite a big difference, and especially it can make a big difference to the category that you sit in, right? And it's why sometimes there's certain people um, who you can go to their chat and they've got you know, lots of people, either hundreds or like multiple thousands, and the chat moves like a, you know, 30, 40, 50 viewer, or even 100 viewer chat, like whatever, right? It's like a, a small fraction of what it says on the tin. Um, and it's just a bit, it's just a bit weird because, you know, there's nothing stopping you doing this, but clearly it's a little bit strange. And I think there's a bit of like, you know, other streamers get angry about it due to the unfairness of it. You know, people grind their way up to the, the mm-hmm. numbers um, and they have organic viewership and, and then people leapfrog over them with numbers based on people that aren't, like, aren't even watching the stream. Um, I believe that you can have it like a tiny like one by one pixel, but I, think, I don't think that's allowed technically. Like if they caught you doing that, I don't think that's allowed. But even still, if the stream's just like playing off in the corner or something, that's like legitimate from Twitch's perspective. So, so people get annoyed because of the unfairness of it. And also sort of distorting the, the category, pushing people up above people who've like worked together legitimately. So there's, a, there's definitely a feeling of unfairness there. But there's more of a, the, the thing, I think the most strong point for me and the reason why Twitch should really do something about it is from the business side in that many companies, especially like the, the ones that are promoting products on social media, and that's, you know, YouTube, Twitch, wherever, a vast, a vast majority of those companies don't actually really understand the space that well. Like they, you know, they they have people you know, appointed to do it, but maybe they share that job with other bits of marketing. It might be one marketing manager for all forms of media. Right? It depends on the company. So some some companies obviously will understand it well, but um, there's many that don't. And you could genuinely end up in a situation where a bunch of companies like and sponsors do not want to sponsor in the live space anymore because they pay for a two thousand viewer stream and they don't really make anything off it because there's only 20 or 30 people there. So they get like no engagement whatsoever. They don't really sell any product, which is what they're there for, right? Let's be honest. Yep. And they think, well, this sucks, right? The conversion rate is terrible. Whereas if you went to, to a 150 viewer person who's got mm-hmm. everybody watching chat, they might get five times or six times the engagement that they would from somebody who's embedding. And because there's no way to tell from the front end right. whether someone's embedding or not, it could technically be misleading towards um, towards businesses wanting to sponsor and then end up hurting everybody because people can't trust the, the, the stats or they feel like it's not a worthwhile investment. Now, there, there are tools, and Pesley shows them in his, in his thread, I think. There are some tools that show you can see the split between mm-hmm. real viewers and non-real viewers. So Twitch does actually do the calculation somewhere. They just don't segregate it on their website for some reason. Um, oh. And you can go and see that because there was like, uh, some people were, um, I think... The main person that people are going after is No Food because he has his stream or has had his stream in the past embedded on the website. Um, is the, is Ammo website that a lot of people use. But um, Andrew also caught some flack too mm. because I think she was doing some work for him or something and she was included on his website at one point or whatever. Like I, I don't really know the details of like her involvement or something, but I know people were going after her a little bit. She was like retorting to Pesley being like, well, didn't you embed when you were doing the stints, like some stints promotion? Um because his stream was embedded on the Gleam website, and Gleam is like a giveaways platform, basically. But, um, you know, it's a little bit different. And Pesley showed... Well, firstly, like, people don't just sit on a giveaways 
website like that's not where people spend their time like if people are on an ammo website they're gonna sit there like browsing through whatever they're like watching the stream kind of by accident but they're there for another reason people just like navigate to a giveaways website to sign up for the giveaway and then they leave um and Pessy showed the statistics on his that it was you know a rounding error in terms of the actual number of viewers that are on his stream it really didn't impact his stream whereas somebody like no food potentially could get up to you know 90 percent of their viewers are literally not on twitch they're on some other website so that's kind of like the the whole the whole argument sort of um against it i would say like as i said it's not a tarkov specific problem we yeah. really in our space only have no food who has i don't know whether he's still doing it honestly i'm not, no. I'm not sure even if he's streaming to be honest but um as far as i'm aware it's really only no food who is doing it in the tarkov space but there's like plenty of other examples in in other games yes that engage in this kind of behavior and there's they really have no reason to stop honestly um if mm-hmm. it doesn't make them so that's the that's the thing but the noise is getting louder and louder so maybe they'll do something but yeah twitch's track record of doing the right thing is uh, i would say very very poor <laughs> yeah um i don't really know like, like you laid it out they're not really incentivized to do it like i would argue long term they they are incentivized to do it long term because eventually advertisers are going to catch on um you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll have their own ways of distinguishing real eyeballs versus not real eyeballs. Because like another good example of this is Extra Life, which is basically like a wiki Wikipedia. Um, mm. I want to say that's right. Actually, let me see if Extra Life let's pull it up. But it's so annoying because you know a new like they have like tons of entries for like. Dark Souls, like I'm seeing Cyberpunk here, Liza P, which I, you know, I checked out the wiki for a few things, and like, oh, I think I actually use. Let me turn off my ad blocker because I actually use my ad blocker to block the actual Twitch element. Um, but now, <laughs> yeah, funny enough. So I'm, you know, I'm on the Liza P web uh, wiki, and then over here, I just got started to add on the Twitch, you know, embed, and he he was streaming Cyberpunk. Um, and it's just like right there, right? And you know, it's like there. I'm not like technically, it's there, right? But I'm not like actually watching it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, it, at least at the bare minimum, it's off to the side. Like it's noticeable. But I have heard of practices where they do mm-hmm. everything they can to like hide it, um, which yeah. is like even more problematic, I would say. Um, so, and then, like, I remember, you know, seeing this back when New World was popular, like, and, and this is kind of the problem, right? You know, it's like, okay, well, what's the problem? Because, like, on one hand, um, I don't really fault anyone for doing what they can to secure, uh, themselves financially, you know what I mean? Um, however, I think the problem comes into play when we start thinking about the, uh, you know, platform itself and the industry so like with twitch let's say a new game comes out and i want to go watch someone live stream and play it so i pull up twitch you know maybe i check my following tab and see if any of my you know favorite streamers are playing (laughs) my parents social streamers um and they're not so i go to the category and then what what happens it's going to show you um the top viewer first the highest it's top to bottom right it's it's a What's the word? Kingmaker. Yes. Thank you. That that was the word I was looking for. I just didn't know the right terminology. Um, 
So if naturally, if you have more views, you're going to be at the top. And the thing is, like, this isn't per TOS, like you said, it's not breaking TOS. You know, it's Devin Nash even did a video on this uh, not too long ago. If you want to look it up, um, it's pretty interesting. But he, he calls it like legal view botting, and like it mm-hmm. totally is. But you know, there's <laughs> legal doesn't mean moral. <laughs> you know, there's a difference. So indeed, I, I, you know, me personally. The way I see it is Twitch is like shooting themselves in the foot in the long run and creators are shooting themselves because, you know, if they get like sponsored by whatever G Fuel, you know, company, um, you know, once once people catch on to this, like, as you said, they're they're going to get better, arguably a better return on real viewers, right? Because they're paying for eyeballs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, yep. probably not a large portion of the Twitch market space is engaging in this. But then let's say, you know, you're a streamer yourself, you're trying to come up. But again, because it's a top down market, you're losing because you're not taking advantage of the legal system that screws over other people who don't engage with this legal system. You know, I just think it's really problematic on many areas. And I, I've seen Injure defend embeds in the past um which you know generally speaking i really don't have any taking issues with ninja like i mean she's you know as far as like her content goes like she's incredible work ethic i mean really you know a grinder mm-hmm. so you know nothing nothing is her personally but it's just something i i just don't agree with um so i think i think she even at some point um because you know she she tried to do a reverse Uno on Pestelli <laughs> in a sense. And then Pestelli reverse Uno that. <laughs> I love the yeah. reverse Uno meme. Um because as she said, it's not really the same thing. Um it's it uh anyways. So yeah, I just I just wish personally I'm I'm not a Twitch user really. Um you know, I prefer YouTube videos, so for me, I'm you know, I kind of don't really care all that too much. <laughs> but if I, you know, was to be a trip streamer, like I would care a lot about this because I think it's even an advertiser. Like I just think it's bad. Like the, you know, Adobe Pro is paying, you know, some of their money that they're paying. Not that I love Adobe or anything, but some of the money they're paying is like just going to waste essentially because there's going to be a small subsection of certain you know i don't know what the percentage is maybe it's like less than five yeah. percent but I, I just think it's bad overall yeah this is the thing right it's like don't feel bad for the big companies but you know do feel bad for the impact that it has on the creators who are there legitimately and doing it the right way because yeah. they will be impacted by like if a company realizes that they're doing these sponsored streams or whatever and they're not getting the impact they look at their roi number and that rather than like going into a deep dive about exactly, you know, how does em- embedding and all that, they'll just look at the number and be like, yeah, this, this marketing route just isn't working. We'll just go back to traditional marketing or we'll yeah. just carry on marketing on YouTube or something. Um, like a, a good portion of them just won't, they just won't bother, right? It's just not worth their time. They're just like, fine. Which just is not very good for, for this, um, for whatever reason. And it sucks. So that's the thing. You got to feel, feel sorry for the creators who, are, you know, they really want to take these, uh, 
you know, the, 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 actually want to take sponsorships or whatever on um to try right. and you know, boost revenues because like yeah the creator life ain't easy right and i'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just you know for the as i said don't be feel feel sorry for the big companies but like they're the ones who are deploying the cash that's going to your favorite creators and those are the people who are ultimately going to get hurt like adobe's not really going to care really ultimately yeah. but they're, they're the ones that are allocating the money to the people that you actually that you do care about right so that's you, why it matters yeah no for sure and, and especially you know i think his main point and a good just to reiterate is like someone could easily sell you know hey i own a gaming uh news publication website um i'm on this third party website i'm going to sell you know views or whatever and it's legal because it's embed right it's embed on this um gaming you know fictitious gaming uh news outlet that he owns where it gets tons of traffic so like it presents more problems (laughs) it's like who who wants to be in an industry where you pay your way to the top like this? You know, I I don't know. It just it feels really poor for your you know workers essentially your, your pe- people that are in the same business as you. It's just really yeah, poor. Exactly, it just seems very unfair. And then yeah, yeah as as Pesci says, he's like, you know, I could pay you two thousand for the extra however many viewers, um, right? And then I could make it back on sponsored streams. And yep. then that's just like really deceptive, right? That's like you're taking money based on like viewership on from a from a company, but it's, you know it's not real views. You know, and it's, it's like it's you it's just on the website and it's just in a panel over there and it serves you an ad, but like you're not really looking at the ad because it's in, you know, not making any sound and it's off to the side and you're reading whatever you're reading. Right. It's just not like, yeah, it's not good. Not good. So yeah, that, that'll, that'll kind of blow up. Um, yeah, which I'm anyway, honestly, I'm glad. Uh, sorry, what's that? I just said one peg's been very, very vocal about it. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, he has. He has. Um, him, and then I'm glad. Um, uh, Pestilly spoke up about it and, you know, called out some of the stuff going on in our community. But it is a issue at large. I mean, I can only imagine what other shenanigans go on. <laughs> Probably much more egregious. Cause, like, you know, yeah, anyways. It's a problem. So <laughs> that's that. Um, should we talk about? Should we do? Should we talk about sneak for a minute? I want to talk about sneak. Yeah, go particular. for it. This is like another community thing. Just before we get on to like you know any other like real game stuff. Mm-hmm. So people, there's probably a bunch of people who just like aren't aware of this, but um, the sneak energy who they used to sponsor like everybody. I think it's quite relevant. I think in some ways, even though it's a different story. They used to sponsor pretty much everybody within the Tarkov streaming space. So anybody who wanted to rep energy drinks, most of them were sponsored by, I mean, some were sponsored by G Fuel and stuff, of course, but a vast proportion of people, and especially on the sort of the mid-sized and smaller creator side, were sponsored by Sneak. And um, I think some of them were paid. I think a lot of it was um, just like commission codes, like affiliate codes, which are, they're deemed pretty predatory within the creator space. Like from the outside, you think, like oh, you know, you rep the brand and then you get like, you know, 10% of any sales or something. It's like, it right. seems okay on the face of it. But the, the issue is, is that that space, even if you're like relatively small, that space is worth more than just that, right? It's the, the amount that you will actually make of that is very, very, very small. You're basically giving away something of value for much less than it's worth. And, and Sneak kind of like broke themselves into the market by sort of like, I, you know, I, I will say preying on people who wanted to get the validity from you know, having being affiliated right. with with some company or whatever, and they seemed pretty decent. The products were all right, or whatever. Anyway, 
I mean, I, it's, I was, it was not really ever offered to me because I was kind of like still like really small on Twitch, I think, at this point when lots of people were being promoted by Sneak. And I'm not really a big energy drinks guy anyway, so I'm not really that interested. But what happened overnight, um, one day, they just decided like, oh, well, we just, we don't want to do this anymore. I think they had like new management or something. They had like a different direction mm-hmm. for the way they wanted to take the company. And uh, yeah, they just canceled everybody's contracts. I think some people had like re-signed, but they just got, they just got canceled on. Um, like some people was like one or two weeks into like a new year contract and stuff, which was pretty crazy. Um, and they, yeah, they dropped basically every creator that they had on the Tarkov roster on the live stream, which was, which was nuts. Um, but this, so this was a while back. This is probably, how long would this be? Like maybe nine months or something ago. I can't remember now. And, um, oh, this happened nine months ago and they dropped everyone. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe six months, nine months. Ago. Time, oh, okay. time is just a real blur to me. Um, so I no one's been sponsored by Sneak for a while. I don't know if this is like, I don't know if that, that particular thing was recent. Anyway, so they came out the other day being like, hey, we're re-rolling out, you know, this new affiliate <laughs> program where you can do this, that, and the other. And there's, oh, that's obviously had a extremely bad reaction from the Tarkov community. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you still see people kind of like signing up for it or whatever, some people, but I, I would very much doubt if anyone who was aware of the situation in the Tarkov space would would go back with them after what happened last time, which is yeah. quite bad. What, what was quite terrible, actually, is that when they dropped everybody last time, they actually reached out about um, other platforms. So I actually, I actually ended up getting a, a request for them for YouTube, yeah, oh, wow. afterwards. And, mm. um, you know... Gee, and I, I wonder I if it has to, anything to do with him, but... <laughs> and I said, to, uh, I said to the agency that brought it to me, I was just like don't ever bring me anything from Sneak. I'm never going to work with them ever. Like, this is what they did to our community. Like, I just want to make you aware that these guys are yeah. actually snakes. So this is the thing. Like, that stuff kind of, like, gets around, you know? You can't just drop everybody and expect to not have an impact on your reputation. It's crazy. But yeah, they've come crawling back to the live stream space. That's so, so fun. Heaven just forbid like... that anybody, like, tries to... Uh, oh, God, it's just going to be... It's just going to be bad if anybody does actually go back with them. I, don't, I, I hope they don't, but... I implore you don't, don't don't support them don't support that company that's they're not good for the space they really aren't i think actually they they did this announcement lots of people kind of like quote tweeting it and like you know some people posted actually on the on the announcement itself some people quote tweeted it and tweaked just, just quote tweeted it just said fuck off because i think he was i think he was maybe one of the people who was sponsored previously um so there's yeah there's a lot of very strong responses about about them and which i think were uh, valid actually so if they try to sneak their way back into the Tarkov community, don't let them. Keep them out. Toxic snakes. Just trying to work off the back of other people. And it's like not even a paid thing anymore. So it's like it's now just like all affiliate codes. It's even worse. If you get to, if you get to level two sneak ambassador or whatever, you're allowed to use their company's name in your Twitter <laughs> bio. <gasps> Dude, like I it's hate such a. Uh... It's such a like fake it's kind like, of like you know here's yeah. your verification as a human right. being you know we we deem you worthy you are yeah. now allowed to use the sneak name like it's so it's so awful and it's so predatory like it's it's more predatory now than it was before like previously it was like kind of okay and people liked the product so it was kind of fine and then they dropped everyone and now it's like this new program is just so so bad it's so so bad so yeah just I just want to you know make sure that people are aware yeah. that their name is their name is in the bin do not trust them. Yeah, cause I, I know I've seen Hayes rep them for a long time, and I saw that he tweeted about it. Um, which he said he respected the people working there. I had contact with them during my three-year partnership, but it seems like the management doesn't like paying creators for the time, especially in the live streaming space. Um, and then, you know, one peg tweet about it, you know, uh, same type of vibes here. But 
yeah, it's it's just I dude, I can't believe they came back. They're like, hey, how's it going? Remember us? Oh my, don't you want to come? You know, give us <laughs> your money. Like you get yeah. a shiny sneak logo on your stream. Whoa, just I don't know, dude. I mean, yeah, it's like you're working <laughs> at some like burger joint, and then you know your boss comes up and he's like, I'm gonna upgrade you to head burger flipper and you know you're gonna take on more responsibilities and one of your biggest responsibilities is repping the shiny golden label of your name tag that says master burger flip you know it's just like mm -hmm. uh it's oh and you're not gonna be paid anymore you're just gonna be yeah right you're not for the you're burgers not, you yeah. sell <laughs> yeah we'll give you <laughs> we'll give you like a half a pence on yeah. uh, each burger you sell what was even funnier is just before they relaunched this like new sneak legion thing, which is what the program's called, they put a tweet up saying, what's your worst restart the whole game because I messed up moment? And Garland replied to it saying, when sneak dropped all their creators without any notice and then tried to restart the program like nothing happened. Clown face. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I just I just can't believe they came back. Like uh, someone someone was saying, I saw someone comment like, I guess I guess they realized Jim Bros the doesn't like their product or something. I don't know. That just it's just so funny to me that they like someone, you know, some executive or someone at the top was like, you know, this live stream it ain't working, let's drop it. And then, you know, they like, oh shit, guys, we messed stuff. You know, our numbers are down. Like, what were we what were you thinking? And now they're coming back and they're like trying to swindle. It's just uh it's it's gross, man. It's really mm -hmm. gross. It's really bad. So bad. <sighs> oh dear me. What a what a lot of non not not really related to Tarkov stuff going on, eh? What a <laughs> I mean, I but to be fair, I've seen a ton of people. Uh, I think Garlem, yeah. Uh, or no, not Gar uh, who was who was the other guy? Uh, oh man, I can't remember his name. But anyways, I've seen I've seen I feel like more on the UK side, but maybe I'm just. Not... I think it's because Sneaker UK. So there was yeah like yeah because Dan, Dan was with C yeah yeah friendly guy like loads of people yeah and it's uh, yeah it's. There's a lot of people in the space, uh, specifically mm -hmm. Tarkov. So yeah, they they oh, they basically owned Tarkov like yeah. live streaming at one point, which is why I think it's kind of relevant. Yeah, because I don't think I don't I can't think of any Tarkov G Fuel streamer. I'm sure there's someone out there, but I, I can't. Is G Fuel? I think Landmark is G Fuel. I think right. Baddy is Ash, G Fuel. Ash is Variety now. So oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's transcended. <laughs> I don't know if they still are, but I'm. Oh uh, yeah, landmark, landmarks. I think yeah. landmarks. Do you feel yeah. like he's he's, he he's is, done he some is, stuff? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Next on the docket. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I want to talk about this hyenas game. Okay, so let me pull up the master doc, dude. <laughs> I wrote a really long. I took many notes because, for those unaware, which you know, <laughs> I as many, there was this game in development called Hyenas by um, it was published by Sega. Uh, the dev team was Creative Assembly. 
And, um, you know, I saw this, I was like, what? It's an attraction shooter that's, you know, getting canceled. I was like, uh. hmm. I've not heard about this, you know, was it any good? So like, I had to look into it. So I did some digging. So Creative Assembly, they were founded in 1987. Okay. And back then they were porting uh, games from the Amiga to the MS-DOS. So we're talking like old school, you know, legacy here. Um, eventually they got to do some like low risk sports games working with EA. And it was like, you know, cricket, <laughs> like uh, like 1989 you know like some just some very like non-mainstream stuff um and then with with that they allowed to get some backing from ea and then they got their first big break uh with their own ip shogun total war and basically spawned the total war series now i've not really like i think i've heard of total war but i've never played it but it's like a time period strategical turn-based sometimes real-time strategy game uh mm-hmm. sometimes even action you know they've, they've done some so they've done a lot of different variations of it but nonetheless uh so they broke away from ea and they wanted to make some you know follow-up games with total wars series but they you know they want to get away from EA, which good move by them. <laughs> they they knew they knew what was up way back then. Uh, so notably, uh, Rome Total War was came out in two thousand five, and was one of the top ten best selling games of that era. It was up there with games like Doom Three, Call of Duty, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that's Call of Duty One, like like oh like old old Call of Duty. Uh, so it, it it was really good for them. Um, and then Sega acquired them in 2005, and Sega wanted to strengthen their European presence in the European and North America video game markets. Um, so Sega got the publishing rights from EA for Rome, and then from there they came up with a strategy to do like expansion packs for the games and also branch out to the console market, because pretty much the Creative Assembly Studio, they only did PC titles. Mm. Um, and then from 2005, 2014, it was like kind of a rough period for them with like under this new uh, leadership, if you will, from Sega. Um, bit of a mixed success. 2009's Empire Total War uh, was a new game engine and they redesigned the Approach series, which they did a mix of turn-based and RTS gameplay. Uh, so twice the amount of units of both total Rome total war and medieval two total war. Um, despite the success and praises though, the game was criticized for bugs, poor AI and uh, real time strategy, naval battles being too difficult and clunky controls associated with that. Um, and that basically uh, caused the gamers to really question this new Sega influence, you know, speculation mm-hmm. that they may have, had some, uh, you know, negative impacts on the company. Uh, so, or development team, I should say. 2011 rolls by, and they decide, okay, we're going to try to make ourselves more brand-aware to people. So they took, instead of doing, like, the uh, era and then Total War, they swapped it around to Total War era so they came out with total war shogun 2 
Um, and there's various other titles they came out with, you know, iterations and, and whatnot during that time period, all the way up to 2014, which Alien Isolation was the game that they um, developed. So they started out with a proof of concept of a small team of six people, and where one player would control the alien manually, while another would conceal themselves in an the environment and try to hide from the creature. Sega saw they liked it, they greenlit the project, um, but the team didn't really have any experience with this type of genre, survival horror games. <laughs> so they figured they needed to get some talent, so they hired a bunch of people from different studios, a lot, namely Ubisoft and Crytek. And yeah, the game came out, it was a great success, it got many accolades, I mean, I remember hearing about it, it was like a big deal. Hmm. Um, there was some critiques, but generally it was like good reviews all around. Um, and then following up 2017, they released Halo Wars 2, uh, which again, positive reviews there. Various Total War titles came out during this period. Uh, the most recent one being 2022's Total War Warhammers, where they got uh, a partnership with the Warhammer franchise. Um, and so this period from like 2014 2022 was generally positive okay so now so now we're caught up on the history of the development team and and the company if you will so now we're in june 2022 hyenas was announced okay closed beta testing and uh oh shoot i had some i had some footage i was gonna play which i'll set that up uh <laughs> real quick because I, I forgot i had to restart my pc because <laughs> i thought with the Discord going down, I was like, oh no, my, I probably should restart my PC, and then we figured out it wasn't that. <laughs> that yes, wasn't hopefully the audio listeners um, later on won't see any difference really, but yeah, we're on, we're on Skype today because Discord went yeah. down. We can't actually get on on our PCs because of Cloudflare and some problem. Yeah. Uh, so, now that I got some B-roll playing of the game, uh, back to my notes here. Right, 2022, June 22, Heinz was, was announced for closed beta, or closed alpha test, excuse me. And I'll read to you the Steam description. So, Hyenas is a hero-based multiplayer extraction shooter where you play as misfit anti-heroes competing against other squads and security forces to steal valuable merch with epic zero-G combat. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Sounds exciting. <laughs> Uh, and wait, sorry, I was trying to multitask. I lost my place. Okay, another description I found of the of the game setting. Okay, set in a dysfor- uh, dystopian near future, players were to take control of a space pirate known as a hyena and compete in teams of three to raid heavily guarded plunder ships. Mm. All right, so. There was a couple articles that came out um, during this time period, like following, I guess it was like a couple, like a month or two after, uh, Ed Thorne of Rock, Paper, Shotgun said it earned the title of most confusing overall experience, <laughs> which is not something you really want <laughs> if you're trying to branch out to this market, right? So he goes on to say that the tone was outgoing and, quote, made my lips purse with cringe. <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh so he mentions in the article that 
the looting or the loot is like Sega's past pop culture relics, such as a large Sonic statue, <laughs> which like just sounds so weird and wonky to me. Like, like Sega as like a brand is like I'm more familiar with like Sonic, right? Like the yeah. old school days, you exactly. know what I mean? Sega Genesis, but like modern days Sega just like huh, you know. Uh, so I don't know. But he goes he goes on to say it presents itself edgy as games like Rage 2, which if you just do a quick Google search of Rage 2, it's just like pink mohawk, you know, uh <laughs> dystopian sand, uh what what's 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 that one movie? Um what like um uh, Mad Max? Yes, Mad Max, but it's like Mohawk Pink, you know, it's just like it's like trying to be way too edgy, you know, it's like sixteen year olds version of edgy i don't know so he concluded that the the title uh had him curious but concerned explaining that the live service uh free-to-play market being so competitive and his criticism of the game's tone um i should add like at the time it wasn't really certain how this monetization model was going to work um, when was this exactly? So was it was it only closed is, beta for like press or something? Yes, I, I well, I don't think it was for press, but he got access to it. He might have got okay. like a press, you know, kit or whatever, uh, an invitation because this came out in like I pull up the article here. This came out and um, oh, what was it? Two thousand. It was like to the close beta happened in June, twenty twenty two. And then this article came out in uh, August 30th, 2022. <sighs> but um, continuing on here. Uh, so, you know, overall, not a good first impression, right? <laughs> it was like yeah. me skimming through this article. I just looked, you know, and like there's a few screenshots in here. It, You know, uh, the whole like edgy plus you got like sonic statues and like what what like i can't even think of any other like sega uh you know ips that would be in here but it just sounds really weird right so um fast forward a year uh Eurogamer published an article that included a public transcript between investors and sega the company said that hyenas has been a challenging title and making final adjustments to the business model. Okay. Uh, this was like a transcript between investors and um, Sega that was just like publicly released, I guess. So you're going to reach out for comment. And well, uh, let me add for context. Sega previously said that Hyenas will not be a free-to-play game. Um, but oh, right. You know, Continuing out for, yeah, they were going to do, like, I guess some type of, like, maybe a Tarkov-esque model, but mm. pro- probably, like, a flat, you know, maybe a hybrid, like a flat fee plus microtransactions, like skins. I, who knows? But, uh, yeah, so the Eurogo com- comments, they reach out for comments and uh, about the adjustments that they're trying to make. And the Sega spokesperson replied, we have dedicated the past year to reviewing our business model alongside months of extremely valuable player testing of the gameplay experience. People speculate a free-to-play model, but, you know, no longer quote here, but people were speculating, like, a free-to-play model, but the future of the monetization model was, like, up in the air. So, days later after this article, um, again, we're in 2023, you know, current 
current year. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Thorne comes out with another article back from Rock Paper Shotgun where he reviews the game yet again. And uh, he said, uh, this time around, he's come away pleasantly surprised. And he also says it might have been, might have had more of a chance at launch surviving than I thought. Sorry, the, the, the reading here, my reading skills are kind of tri- tripping me up. Uh, the game's second closed beta ran from August 31st till September 11th. Its development was halted by Sega on the 28th, along with multi- multiple other unannounced games due to lower profitability of the European region, end mm. quote. Ah, so... It's not just this game, actually. That's actually interesting. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, who knows what other stuff yeah. they had cooking, but, um, you know, it seemed like it was their way of trying to, like, expand their market reach, I guess, uh, and then just, like, it just wasn't really fizzling. The, the kids ain't biting it, you know, which, I mean, like, again, looking at it, like, you know, it just looks like... The whole hero shooter being mixed into the extraction stuff. I mean, like, baby, I just, I'd have to agree with his first article, like, the tone of it, like, the looks of it. It just screams cringe, man. It just looks so (laughs) cringy. It's just, I can't, I can't see myself looting a Sonic statue and, like, (laughs) taking myself seriously. You know what I mean? It's just, like. It uh, sounds like a 1998 webpage in game form. Yeah. You know. So here, but, here's uh, the, the, but, but the most bizarre part about it is it's like I literally haven't heard about this game. This yeah, like, no, same. Did a terrible job with marketing, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's actually a lot of uh, YouTube content on it from like people doing, uh, um, you know, gameplay, whatever. Because uh, I guess they got you know permission to record and, right. and share their thoughts and whatnot. But I mean, looking at it, it just I just don't know, man. It it's trying to do the whole PVE. Loot shooter extraction thing with like heroes and abilities and like you know maybe there's potential but I I I just think the big draw like the flaw here is definitely just the presentation and art style it's just like man whoever decided I still can't get over the Sonic Looney statue I'm sorry it's just like so bewildering to me you know what I mean got to collect them all knuckles I just don't I just don't know if I can get tense with you know sonic statues in my butt i'm <laughs> i just don't know dude i don't know if i can be tense enough for that you know if we did intros to the scab talk that would be the intro <laughs> to this scab talk <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know it's just yeah it's just weird because normally with these things you hear about them beforehand and then they build up and then you know yeah if something happens then than whatever but it's just strange this one the first thing that most people have seen about this game is that it's now not coming yeah yeah it's i mean i've you know someone was talking uh i think waffle bandit on twitter was talking about this um you know there's like all these i mean there's a fair amount of different people attempting the let's say the uh extraction shooter genre um you know, of course, of course, we had uh, the cycle that went on for a couple of years, ultimately closed. Um, 
Dark and Darker seems to be doing okay, but you know the big question mark there is like uh, the legal stuff, which I you know think is still kind of tied up in a couple different courts here. Um, but they're they're kind of like going on, which you know not to get too sidetracked, but there's I I think I think Dark and Darker is like a good contender, but it's like different enough. This is the thing. It's like I feel like they iterated on yeah. something, whereas like. The cycle, I would say, is, like, more closer to a copy. You know, I mean, they, they they changed a few things, but I don't feel like they really, like, brought anything new to the table. Whereas, like, Darker Darker, I feel like they're bringing something new to the table. Not, not just, like, the obvious, like, oh, it's swords instead of guns. But, like, the actual extracting process is different. Um, you know, I, I guess, like... The, the fact that your character, I mean, you have, I guess you have stats in Tarkov, but like you have abilities, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm picking and choosing here, but cherry picking. But anyways, I think it's got enough to stand, you know, distinguished enough. And clearly there's yeah. enough interest in it. So much so that there's dark and darker clones out on Steam now. Hmm. Giga. Can you oh, I did hear it? about this, actually. I, I think I saw somebody talking about it. Maybe it was yeah. Clean or someone talking about it. Yeah, the, I think Clean talked game. about it. I, I can't I watched, remember what its name is, even. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think one is... There's multiple of them, but one is called Greed is Good, which is like, oh my god, dude, such a, like, lowbrow title. Like, like could you be any more or less creative? Uh, that's just me, but it's just, ah, uh, dude, to me, that just sounds like zero creativity come play on your extraction shooter is called loot until you're <laughs> sick <laughs> uh yeah that, it's anyways that one dude it's like such a direct one-to-one copy like the ui looks the same like it's just everything looks the same and like this is the thing yeah. too is like they didn't really iterate on anything but they did do some quality of life stuff but i don't really mm-hmm. consider that fundamentally iteration to like the design right that's a bit like lost light right it's like you know it's basically tarkov but there's some quality of life stuff it's not enough it's not well, enough to sort of spark its own revelation or whatever but it's like it's well good there, to play to be fair different. there is there is some iteration i mean they got the, the arm plates the vaulting which is a lost light enjoyer okay though, so, you know the, the <laughs> guns now have week. perks I, I i'm just you. saying dude yeah i was playing it's so funny because i was playing and like you know, I didn't run into a single. I played like two rounds, and like, it's like, dude, I'm just like playing Tarkov as if I'm going through the motions. Like, I still do other Tarkov things. You know, I shoot the AI, I loot the loot, I min max, I, you know, sell stuff on the flea market. You know, organize a stash. It's just a different skin. <laughs> uh. Anyways, um, yeah. As far as like AAA studios go, back on topic. Uh, the only one for me is like uh, Bungie, but that's just like a big question mark. I don't really know what Bungie is like, modern day Bungie. Um, Who knows when it's even coming? I mean, Marathon is such a long way away. It's still yeah. very early stage, right? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So the only other one is DMZ, but I know like the only person that I know that really plays DMZ is Geeks. And I've seen, because he transitioned away from Tarkov to play that's DMZ. Right. And he changed his content yeah. to DMZ. And I've seen some posts, like everything I know about DMZ these days is based on his posts on Twitter. Oh, okay. Pretty much. And um, he has basically said that they've actually like made the game quite good. There seems to be lots of different additions in there that I wasn't really aware of, like different types of armor and stuff that you can have and um, some fun things like that. Like I'm not an expert by any means, but I've seen him speculating a bunch about other people speculating that DMZ is going to get <laughs> dropped with like 
COD 3. Um, mm. And that they're, they're not going to continue oh, on the game mode potentially. Like drop so, it like gotcha. Yeah, as in like just 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 retire the game mode or something. Right. That like yeah, it was okay for this iteration of Call of Duty, but like in the next one, like with Warzone two, and then with the next whatever the next iteration is going to be, that they may not have it then. Like nobody knows for sure. But if they do, then that'll be another one down the drain, and that'll be sad actually because like even though I don't really play DMZ, I know lots of people actually quite like it, and it probably is the next best like closest thing to talk yeah. of and it's like it's nothing really like it in, <sighs> a, in a looting sense or anything but the actual like in-raid gameplay is, is yeah, like, somewhat like similar the, it's closer than right. Darker Darker it has the visuals of similarities of Tarkov you know yeah yeah it doesn't have the, the depth of, in terms of like the meta game but right. um, but yeah I mean it seems like it's, it seems decent at least and the people do, do like it but I think that's yeah that's the thing about Darker Darker it's like different swords and shields and magic it's a different mm. demographic. Like some people just like the gun stuff. And, yeah, um, for sure. It will bring in people who don't like to, uh, who don't like to just uh, just do FPS or whatever. I think like I think the FPS genre is quite frightening for people who don't really play FPS a lot because it's so skill orientated. You can't. There's not really any two ways about it. Like yeah, there's strategy and tactics, or whatever. But like if you're not good at shooting the guns, you're just gonna lose. Most, whereas most like, of the times, yeah. Whereas something like Darker Darker, I feel like maybe it's a bit more like, yeah, there's the this, this skill with the sword stuff, but it's less, you know, trying to hit a headshot with like pixel perfect. Like it's much more sort of forgiving and it's more about like timing, swings, magic, you know, cover, like that kind of stuff. It's just a different skill set. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's still like in the FPS family, but you're right, there's yeah. like a different... Like it's first It's like person, similar but... skills, but different at the mm. same time. I agree. Exactly, exactly. Like it, it deprioritizes the like... Click the pixel and a reprioritizes bit. some other stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I just think it's less frightening. And some people just prefer that that look, that aesthetic. Aesthetics has a lot to do with games. You know, gameplay mm-hmm. is most of, most of it, but some people like certain aesthetics. Some people wouldn't play Battlebit because of the way it looked, even though the gameplay is great. You know, like again, graphics not always everything, but sometimes it can make or break it for different people. But um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I um. Sad to see other people trying the genre and it not working. I think it's just Tarkov's just a weird beast. It's just got this depth of. I think even yeah, I've talked about it previously, but you know, even Drewski posted at one point just being like, you know, don't underestimate the depth of development that's gone on in EFT. You know, there's a, such oh, a yeah. huge hurdle for people to climb to get to anywhere the same level. Like, yeah, we've got problems, you know, and there's issues with the economy and blah blah blah. But it's in a certain state after years and some luck, um, and it's where it is now, and it's got this sort of like weight behind it, which. It's kind of hard to come against, you know? Like, if you're trying to reinvent the wheel and do something new, you've still got to put years of development into your own version. It's like what Darker Darker is going to be. Like, Darker Darker couldn't stay the way that it was when I played it, for example, because that would get really boring really quick. So they've got to iterate themselves and add more maps and add more mechanics and add more classes mm. and add more weapons and ways to sell gear and what, your, your inventory and who knows. So they've got to do all that. And it's, yeah, it's intimidating for a new entrant. Speaking of, I don't know whether you've got any more to say about other extraction shooters. I might. Um, I was going to talk about some target progression stuff. Seems feels like I had a good time. Go for it. So, yeah, it's just like I reminded myself by talking about you know the, all the different systems and the ways to play EFT, and I do feel actually this wipe. Maybe we've crossed some kind of threshold, at least for me, where we've been trying out different things each time. Certain parts of the game have kind of been locked off, and. I actually think it's sort of gotten to an okay point. Some people will probably disagree with me, 
But my personal opinion on it is that it's actually kind of cool where we've ended up in a sort of progression sense. Partly because the it was so much quicker, this wipe. So you can get access to, you know, the basic toolkit that you need to compete with other players relatively quickly. You know, a lot of the good stuff has come back to Peacekeeper 2, for example, like level yeah, 15, 16. True. Like it's kind of accessible for most people to get there. So you can run 5, 6, A1. Like, yeah, you're going to, you know, if in a fair fight you'll lose against someone with class 5, they've got a bit of a, a head up on you. But, you know, you can still take out most people consistently and you've got 50-50 on headshots and stuff at close range. Like it's decent. It's not like you're you know, stuck with shotguns with no attachments or Ironside M4s for... Whatever. Yeah. So there's that, which is nice. But then I'm now sort of in this like funny spot where... People keep asking me if I'm going for Kappa. I'm like, I'm not really going for Kappa, not really, but I'm I am actually collecting the items because I think if there was any wipe to just try and like push through and do it, I'm not really putting in any extra time now. But I think because of some of the quest changes, I think maybe it's like feasible. I think did they remove the level requirement? I think they did. If I remember correctly. I think the Kappa level requirement isn't is gone. And like shootable in heaven, you can do that later. Like you don't need to do it straight away. Obviously, it probably gets a little harder if you do it later on. But you can still access good ammo in like one, and you have to get a headshot, right, with a bolty. So you just, you have to get five headshots on each map with a bolt action. You've not got any range limit anymore. I feel like it takes less time if you just grind it. Yes, it probably has a obnoxious impact upon your survival rate, but that doesn't really matter. If you just want to get Kappa, you could probably do it quicker than you were able to previously, I would say. So there's that, right, as its own goal. But we've still got the Lightkeeper that you can go and push towards, which ends up being important for the end of wipe quest last wipe like you basically got a little shortcut through if you for the two lines of stash thing if you had lightkeeper already there were two of the quests you didn't have to do because there was like um a little makeup quest to get to lightkeeper real quick so that you could yeah, complete it yeah um so you know you sort of incentivize based on prior history to go for lightkeeper um if you don't want to go for kappa so that's kind of what i'm focusing on first but outside now, of that too is, um is lightkeeper task tied to kappa because I thought it was previously. Is it not anymore? I don't think so. Well, I was in, well, like Lightkeeper's tasks, like you have to do them. Yeah, you have to do them. I'm not sure. I haven't, I'm not sure where you have to go to. I don't think some of the late game ones are. Maybe I'm wrong, actually. To be honest, I haven't really looked. Um, but we, we'll have a look. If I do... I'm just going to look one up while, while we're talking about other stuff. Just to see. But, um, I mean, Lightkeeper's a little easier to get to than... Yeah, so key to the tower. Like, I don't, I don't know whether there's a late game one that you need to do. I don't think there is. Do you have to do death, getting acquainted? No. Top secret? No. I don't, I don't think there is. Like, some of the requirements beforehand obviously are required, right? Like you'll need to do those. Um, and they're like, you know, get to punish about five and stuff. So those things sort of overlap. But I don't think, based on, yeah, based on the wiki, like, none of the actual quest line for Lightkeeper is required. For Kappa. Okay. Um, and that's all the way through back to like E to the Tower. Assessment part three isn't required. Assessment two isn't. Neither is one. Network provider two. Nope. Yeah, okay. So the none of the none of the quest lines required. So you can go and get like people like what I did last time is I just unlocked him and that was it. I didn't bother doing any of his quests because I did I didn't really want anything down his quest line in particular. Oh, okay. But I just unlocked I just unlocked the guy. So you can then go to Lighthouse Island if you want to. And if something appeared then you could go and do it. I just didn't think it was important to do the actual quest. But from there, you can then decide to go and do Kappa. But if you if you don't want to do that, like you can mm. go and do other things now, right? So, and if you, yeah, if you don't want to do Lightkeeper either, then you, you can 
like try for different things because of the way they put stuff behind different quests that are not necessarily that easy or different progression points that are not necessarily that easy you can push for those as well so if you want to go for bp you just have to get to level 45 pretty much so you yeah. should like focus on farming xp well if you if you want to craft m61 you have to go the, and complete shoot one in heaven what's the quest for 45 it's There's really quest, easy. Right? It's, uh, yeah, you get a quest called Intimidator at level 45, and it's like... Oh, it's just like killing scavs or Yeah, something. it's like scav headshots or something on any map. Yeah, so, like, okay. it's really not... It's a small speed bump, yeah, and then you get yeah, BP. Yeah. But it's the fact that the quest itself is locked at level 45 that's the right. real hurdle. You have to get there to do that. So, yeah, you might want to just, like, push to 45 by getting a ton of XP and, like, focusing oh, on XP... But you're saying... BP. Sorry, I keep cutting you off, but, uh, but to clarify, you're saying that you don't, it's not even that quest itself is the only requirement is 45. There's no like follow up or like previous prior quests. You have I think to it's do. Punisher 6. I think it's the previous quest. Okay. So it's like not too bad, right? If you want to be, if you want BP, you could just finish Punisher, then go on push for XP and then get, and level 45 is, you know, if you were like focusing solely on XP, it's probably achievable for like most people, I would say. I mean, it's, it's high, it's like high level, and some people won't get there for sure. Yeah. But if you want BP, you could like push for that and push for XP and look for ways to you know, get XP over anything else, like reroll your dailies and all that kind of stuff to try and get as much XP as possible. Um, and yeah, but if, but if you don't use those guns and you want to use M61 instead, then you have to go and do the Balti headshots thing instead for Shooterboard in Heaven. So it's, I always feel like it's a bit more branched. It's like you get to kind of like level three traders and then it's like, okay, what do you want? What do you want to do now? Like, do you want to get to, do you want, do you want M61? Well, you could go and do Shooterboard. Do you want, BP, okay, well, you should focus on getting to 45. You want to do Lightkeeper, that's easier than, um, than going for Kappa. Kappa doesn't really get you anything, but Lightkeeper means you can basically get infinite money from the island. So there's like there's a few different things you could do at the end, and you, you're sort of like selecting it based upon like what you want. What you prioritize or what you value, yeah. yeah. Which I think Which is nice. cool. We've ended up in this, in this point, and it'll be even better once Lightkeeper actually means something more. But I don't actually think it's necessarily too bad to have it set like that. Like, so more, a bit more self-directed. Oh, yeah. Um, now, this isn't to say that I think BP is yeah, good to be only locked behind level 45. That's a whole <gasps> other conversation. Yes. Um, yeah, I still think that should, the craft should exist. But like um, M61 being locked behind the craft is kind of intriguing. Like, I'm half tempted to try and do Shootable in Heaven now just because of the way that it's built. I feel like it would be kind yeah. of cool. I'm, I sort of want to do like a really like, I either go like VPO, unsuppressed, APM, and sh- like just headshot people in a CQB. Or go for like a really lightweight M700 and be using like M2 yeah. and hit people in the head with a, a hollow. I feel I like mean, it'd be kind of cool. I thought about it, like how I would do it. And like, you know, the there's like kind of like, as you were describing, two schools of thought. One, one is you just throw yourself at the quest. You know, you're like naked running around for VPO, mm. a red dot, you know, maybe irons, whatever. And you're just trying to get those close, close quarters headshots. Um, the other one's like more traditional where you set up sniping positions, but like now that there's not a range requirement, you know, I feel like for me, I would be more inclined to do the sniping stuff because I don't have to like mess about with, oh, is he too far? You know, is he too close? You know, is he not far away enough? You know, it's like, there's been so many times where it's like, oh, I see a guy. And then it's like, I know this is like under, this is like back when there wasn't a range fire, but like, I know the distance from here is not. You know, I'll be like making my way towards like a uh, weather station, let's say. Or no, mm-hmm. not weather station, uh, power station on shoreline, mm-hmm. or like in the middle map. And maybe I'm even, maybe I'm making my way down from like the resort, and like I'm halfway there, and I see the guy, like you know, 
He's running in there, going inside. I'm like, oh my god, I have to like run back up here, <laughs> get in position, sit and wait. Like I can't. Like I have a perfect shot now. You know, he's like sitting there at the door, but it's so frustrating. So mm-hmm. I that's that's how I would do it. But I could totally like you know, I don't know. I I just feel like not many people are going to do the whole close range combat type of stuff. I mean, I've seen a lot of people suggesting carrying always carrying a secondary uh like a vpo secondary maybe yeah but like even then well like i assume a one times but like even then it's just Mm. like i guess i guess she could do it with either or but i just i just don't see it that like engaging or fun to like throw yourself at it because you get it's like reminder it went from three to five so like that's a lot to just sit there and grind, throwing yourself, you know, going to like dorms with like a VPA. Like it just doesn't really sound like my definition of fun, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm probably going to get really frustrated by it. Like I can't imagine myself taking, yeah, if you're doing it long range, like maybe taking a secondary um, or maybe you just like run a constant like MP7 well, yeah. slash M700 or something. You just go for some hybrid every raid. I that mean, would work. to me, it's more like I actually enjoyed Shooterborn in the past despite the aspect that I didn't enjoy, which was the range requirement, because it was so mm. tedi- tedious and finicky. But I actually enjoyed the process of, like, finding a sniper nest and, like, waiting and, and get, you know, finding an unsuspected victim, you know, trying to get the perfect shot, the, the calculate the Coriolis effect, the bullet drop. <laughs> you know, it was, it was I mean, you know, I felt very, very immersed, you know. Uh, it was enjoyable for me. So I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I think like that's what I like. Me, that's what I would do is I would set out to do that and grind it that way. Yeah, I just think for me, like I've never liked doing it that way because I always just feel like my time is so limited. I think that's the, the problem I've always had with sniping in general in the game. It's that's just true. like you're just waiting for people, and I just feel like I'm always just like I'm in this like vast pressure chamber of time. I'm just like, yeah, oh man, yeah, like I have to fair. do this like right now. Like I always, I always feel like I think I've basically just felt like this the last like 10 years of my life and i'm just used to it i'm just like time poor at all times and like yeah obviously certain life choices <clears throat> two children has like not not helped with this particular conundrum of mine but um that just means that any time that i'm like sitting there for over approximately three and a half seconds yeah. in one place i'm yeah, just like does feel kind of bad. drum 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 right. on the desk drum on the desk where are they where are the people where are the people where are the people <laughs> like i'm not a particularly sort of like adhd kind of person really mm-hmm. but when i'm sat there thinking like oh you know it's I think it's like it's all tied. It's, it's all like, tied together. It's like I don't stream very much. The clips that I do get, they they go in the vids, right? So like the things that I want to put in my YouTube videos tend to be the things that have gone in my streams. But then because I don't stream that much, because I'm doing other stuff as well outside in the IRL, then it's like I got to get the stuff done on the streams because otherwise there's nothing to put in the vids. And it's like it's all like circular, you know? It's all like self fulfilling. Um, and so I end up, yeah, I end up with these issues. But I feel like playing point blank you know vpo mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> basically doing tarkov shooter part three right <laughs> and and a half yeah on every map right. could be kind of fun if you pick your spots and like get into it or whatever um, really okay i feel like it could be okay because i i love tarkov shooter part three like i just released a video about tarkov shooter part three which by the way was not edited by me it's like one of the uh, the second video ever on my channel not edited by me which is kind of cool to see so if you haven't seen it go and watch it please help the algorithm um but uh it was it's honestly Tiger Shooter 3 was great. Like this wipe, I did it all in one raid. 
So it was just insane. Like all in one okay. raid with a VPO is nuts. It's like unsuppressed VPO, just getting headshots. It was so much fun. Um, obviously, it's a lot more fun when you're fighting against somebody who, uh, you know, isn't running in a fully automatic weapon. It's a lot more fun when somebody else that you're playing against has got a Mosin, I will say. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll get quite frustrated by that. But we'll see. I don't know. Like I, my, Currently, I'm thinking either, yeah, like stock standard VPO, no scope, just just irons, irons yeah. with APM yeah. inside. Irons aren't bad. Just straight yeah. for the doosh, you know? Like, and then if we don't get a headshot and we get a Thorax kill or whatever, then like, eh, it's fine. I feel like they will die anyway, right? Even if I'm hitting them body shots. Like, that's that's fun anyway. Like, we're doing the quest and then we're having fun too. I kind of don't mind that. And then take a secondary if we, like, really get screwed. I'd rather I'd rather not die. I'd rather, like, miss the opportunity. It depends, actually, whether I really, really want to push it or not. I feel like I'd rather miss the opportunity and, like, still get the kill and survive and, like, survive the raid and not have to, like, re-kit than try at all costs to get the headshot and then die a bunch because of that. Like, I'm not, I'm not like that adamant about completing it, you know, mm-hmm. but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, like the M700 I loved last, last, well, actually it wasn't even last time. It was like two wipes ago, I think, when I did Hug of Shooter 8 in what, like that way. And that was when it was back in one raid and I had like the lightest, you know, the lightest M700. That was like, it like worked, that worked perfectly because I was like, oh, I'm going to do a video about the lightest gun. Let's do Hug of Shooter 8. And then like used it and like cleared people out in one raid and got like three headshots. Well, three, three, I think it was three kills before. It was just three kills in one raid with the lightest M700. And you're just like, like Meldonin on with like infinite arm stam <laughs> and stuff. Like it was, it was fun. Um, and you can still do that. Like Meldonin doesn't give you the damage reduction. Somebody the other day was just like, why are you still using Meldonin? It doesn't give you damage reduction anymore. I was like, yeah, the damage reduction was like 10%. Who cares about that? Like, I, I care about the half a tick of stamina. Like, it makes a big difference over the long run. Anyway, side tangent. But um, yeah, I'm not really a Baltese guy, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll talk about it in, in a little bit. But, um, I was can you yes yesterday and that was kind of fun i sort of reinvigorated Ooh. my love for you know a bit of bit of flick shooting so know, we'll see can you play or sorry do the quest uh target shooter three on factory or is that a no-go yes. anymore yes oh, you, you can. still can't okay i did yeah. indeed do it that way it is by far the easiest way yeah see like i mean i kind of like don't like that quest even though it's just like it's just a grind like any other quest but it's just you know it's like annoying because you you're doing the quest and then you're you know, it's like, oh, here's the here's the opportunity to to do the quest. There's a guy right here, and then he's got like Alton, you know, kill a MP7. He just like sprays you down. You don't even get a chance. It's like, ah, yeah. that's annoying. That's that's why I probably don't like, you know, doing. I guess that you you know your way. However, I will say doing it the sit and wait game is feels like you're not playing the game. You know. You yeah, know you are sniper elite three, yeah, right? The guy doesn't yeah, even know where you are. Like, like, <laughs> right. It just it's like, you know, you're not looting, you're just sitting there waiting. Like, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I have the, I I you know have that same feeling too, but when it when it does line up, when the stars do align, it is very satisfying. Yeah. I did, I did in fairness, actually, just like a random uh, a random tale. We went to the lighthouse for the first time this wipe, and I mean, I just went with an M4 or something. I was trying to complete some tasks. You've got to do some annoying tasks on there to do the Lightkeeper, at least to get to him anyway. So the one yeah. you have to plant the camera in the drug lab, that's like one of the ones you have to do. And you have to do like a bunch of, there's a bunch of planting stuff that I needed. So I was like, on my way to the drug lab, we were like going around the edge of the map, around the hills. So I was like, well, I'm just going to, because I haven't killed any rogues. So I was like, well, I'll just like sneak around that way because they're not going to shoot at me because I've not really been to the map at all. So like sneaking around near the car extract. And like we see a guy, we're like, oh, okay. Like he disappears behind a tree, but he's like trying to like line up a shot on somebody or something. We mm. tap him out with our 
um, with our M4. Boom. Wander down to the rock. Go have a look at him. The guy's like juiced. He's got like a AK-104 with PP in it and mm. a, a thermal AXMC. Oh, wow. Well, I was That's like, really holy, juice. whoa, okay. This guy's like really, really chilling. <laughs> as, we're, as we're sort of like halfway through looting him, like footsteps up where I was and Uh-oh. like nades start going off. I'm like, oh no, this is, oh no, this is going to go terribly now. This is awful. But I've still got my M4 and that's fine. But I'm like, I'm like, is this guy, like, is this guy a cheater or like or something? I'm not, yeah, I don't really know. Like I'm kind of scared to peek him. Um, is he the guy's teammate? Like he might be. Um, maybe he was somewhere else. I'm not sure. But like, I'm stuck kind of behind this, like, um, I think it's like a minibus or something kind of peeking around like none of the nades hit us or whatever but i'm like I'm okay i'm like try and like get out and peek and then i um i can't remember exactly what happened next i think it was it was either i think i like i ran from there and i really like, we run behind another rock and i'm trying to engage this guy oh yeah that was it so like i'm, I'm like just really stuck but I'm, like, I'm just gonna go like propitol and um i don't do something else coming but like a propitol anyway and like put on put on yeah. some painkillers we're gonna jump behind the rock next door like take the take the thing with us we'll come back later if we need to uh need to go and like loot any more stuff which I ended up not like pull out the thermal and i'm like scoping around like just little bit by bit by bit by bit you know slicing the pie around the rock to try and find him and mm-hmm. there he is like lying down in in the bushes up on top of the you know looking over the the road camp just as i'm like lining up the shot i hear from behind me, like the ADS sound, and I'm just like, uh, oh no! So I like crouch down, turn around, but there's like nobody there. I'm just like, there's someone over there. There's there's definitely someone over there. Like send a VOG over there, like don't really hear anything. And then hear somebody stepping, kill a scav with the M4, and then take out the thermal back again, turn back around, like line the shot up behind the rock, and then stand up and boof, and just like take the shot, see the guy like stand up, take a second shot, and then fire another one just off into the into the bushes, then turn around and just like sprint down the edge of the uh, the rogue <laughs> building. I like, have to kill another scab who's on his way to extract. Like go around, plant the drug labs thing, and then go up northern extract. And it was sick. We got out with the uh, with the thermal and like his bag and everything. And then on the on the end the um, the end screen, it was like yes, mm-hmm. we killed the thermal guy. Then the vog actually killed a scav, and then oh. I killed another scav with the M4. And then we shot the dude on the rocks and did kill him with the AXMC with the thermal on it, which is like, it just felt so good to like take somebody else's like kitted gun and then, mm-hmm. and then kill the other guy who's trying to get you. I was like, man, awesome. So it was like one of the best ways I've had in ages. Um, and so, yeah, that's why, that's why recent Bolty experience. So I've got this like thermal AXMC that's now just going to be burning a hole in my stash. So <laughs> I have to use that at some point. <laughs> I love it. It was a good one. Like Lighthouse is normally pretty annoying, but that was, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll do some um we'll do some more bolty bolty action stuff. I think like you know, for headshots, obviously I'm not gonna go XMC. There's not really any point doing that because that thing is for thoraxing people. 50-50 chance to kill someone wearing class five. Sounds good to me with FMJ. Pretty yeah, strong. That's pretty good. Pretty strong. That's what he had in it, I'm um, assuming FMJ. No yeah, AP. FMJ. No Lapur AP, sadly, but uh. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, FMJ is good enough. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly pretty good. So, yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Um, so, I guess we'll talk about, just mention briefly, um, Road to Vostok. Vostok. They. The developer posted a YouTube video um, very recently. Um, at, you know, at, as you know from the previous Scav Talk, 
series or if you've been you know keeping up with the news unity was under fire for some of some of their business decisions and um yeah rightfully so <laughs> if you ask me but it caused a lot of people to really question um especially indie devs like you know their future on the platform the the engine and ultimately he decided the developer again this is like a, a one man guy i mean he's got like i said he's got a video uh, i encourage you to check it out and of course you haven't seen the project you know he he's obviously switching engines and we'll, we'll talk about that but he talks about his history with unity i mean he's been using unity for oh man years i mean i i almost want to say a decade i can't say that for certain but it's quite some time and yeah. he even teaches um i think he's like a teacher or maybe like a professor I, 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 but he uses unity in, in that like i think he teaches unity um i'm not really sure the details on it but that being said he basically came to the conclusion that as much as he likes the platform and the future is uncertain and that uncertainty is causing a lot of like shakeup because oh it's like you just you just don't know it's like you know you let's let's take like a more white uh, adobe for example mm. you know um and you know a lot of creatives use it you know like photo editors uh, you know tons of people wedding photos etc and then like one day adobe's like yeah we're gonna do this awful horrible business decision and there's nothing you can say about it give us more money and you're just kind of like screwed out right uh what do you do you know you there's like what other alternatives are there this, you, you've built your career off this software for like however long you've been doing this business now you have to just like either deal with it or jump ship so hmm. and it affects the markets as a whole one example he brought up was like Blender, which I remember back in my day uh, hearing about Blender from like this game I was playing. It was called Return to Castle Wolfenstein, and I was playing a mod for it, which was a total conversion mod, which took the like war, the, the whole gameplay, the whole aesthetic World War II and allies versus axes and, and turned it into like Counter-Strike, Call of Duty, Bomb Diffuse things called true combat elite and i man, i sunk so many hours in that mod but within that mod there was a sub mod that was like aiming to mod the game yet again to like include all these like world rule two elements like bring it back to like its original thing it's just kind of funny but the developer of that was using i think i i think i had like you know somehow like maybe met him through like team speak or a controller or something mm. but um, I really like the project because I I really like that era. Um, you know the nerd in me, the history nerd. <laughs> but uh, so he was like using uh Blender to make these models for like the M1 Grand stuff, and like you know he was like, oh, you know, if you want to help out, you could look into it. And I looked into it. I was like, oh my god, this is like way over my head. But I remember being exposed <laughs> to that a lot. I mean, that was like man, like ten plus years ago. Like that was quite some time. And it's now Blender is like basically an industry standard i mean i think like there might be one other uh application that's somewhat similar in terms of like popularity like i think maybe maya i'm not even sure about that i don't know nonetheless um the thing about blender is 
it's open source and it's been like that since its inception and it's just continuously built upon like people invest into it not only just from like them using the software um but you know third party apps improving features of it you know it's it's just kind of like a win win um and you know it spawns jobs for like people teaching it i mean it's kind of a, a really good thing all around i at least that's how i feel about open source stuff so he makes that analogy and that's kind of where the game engine discussion comes in there's this other game engine called godot i think is it godot am i saying that right i've never heard anybody say it so i've only ever read it <laughs> so i assume it's godot is it okay okay uh yeah i was wasn't sure if it was like called something else but um <laughs> godot yeah <laughs> Uh, nonetheless, uh, it's an open source engine, and again, this is like the since the Unity uh, debacle, we'll say, came up. That was the first time I was hearing about it, and yeah, it's honestly pretty based off his story. The developer for this uh, Road to Vostok game, I'm like genuinely surprised he's making the switch because he lays out in his own video how much work it is going to be for him to port everything over you know it's not copy pasting <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't think at least i don't think you can do that with you maybe some stuff you can do that with but and nonetheless i mean it's a new language as well like i think this is c plus plus whereas you use like c sharp uh so it's it's a huge and you know this isn't like maybe it's easier for an for an indie guy so we can't you know maybe i'm making a wrong comparison here but to me it's like a huge thing to take on and within his window of like his timeline of his project i mean he's still kind of like in the pre-production stage if you will so he's he had these initial plans to release this 2.0 demo coming out uh, I think in like the following months, like maybe October. But now he's going to have to delay that a bit to get it working. And he already did like some, uh, you know, basic inputs or uh, ba- basic legwork to sort of like get a test environment and, you know, mm. kind of like play around the engine, port a few assets and different things in. And, you know, he's got footage of it. It, it looks, looks fine. So, Pretty pretty big move, I would say. Um, I'm like very curious now to see the future of this engine. I mean, I don't know. There's a I I follow a fair like I shouldn't say fair. I follow some indie does. I try to keep up with like indie developers and indie games because I think they're really cool. Like I mean, Tarkov itself, you you we could argue is kind of like indie. You know, it has like indie roots at the very yeah. least. Um, and you know, Tarkov is just like. There's no other game like it. No one's no one's been able to recreate the sauce. I mean, they've tried, but they just overcooked it. You There's know, a certain <laughs> amount of spaghetti required for Tarkov. You know, you can't like you can't just make a new clean game like Tarkov. You know, it wouldn't be the same without without the spaghetti. You can't you can't have uh, spaghetti without sauce. There you go. It's, it's that, that's yeah. as far as the analogy goes. That is a great <laughs> analogy. Um, and any and, and you know, I mean, despite the criticisms levied at Tarkov, I I still wouldn't have it any other way i mean 
I still think BSG is such a fast, like I give them so much crap, but I still think they're like such a fascinating company to, and dev team really just the things they do. is just like, you know, we're, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, completely overhaul these animations and add in new ones for loading in a single round. And it's like, no one asked for this. It's like, yes, we are. <laughs> it's like, okay, do it anyway. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, who knows? Like, could you imagine if, like, Tarkov in the early days of conception, you know, someone was like, what if we did a battle royale, you know, and they're like, yeah, battle royales are popular, let's do that. Like, could you imagine the different timeline mm. we could be in right now? Like, I don't, yeah. you know, no, 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 well, okay. I, I was going to say no flack to battle royales, but, you know, um, that's a lie. I don't like battle royales, man. <laughs> they're, like, fun for, like, a minute. I just, they're not for me. But I, I, just, I wouldn't have Tarkov any other way. Uh, as far as like how it's it's still in development, but how they like executed on their unique design philosophy. Yeah, I played my fair share of PUBG as people are aware, and it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, we played it for a good couple of years. It was great, but then these things they run their course, you know. Yeah, it's like PUBG was big too back was in big. the day. It was really big. Mm-hmm. It was all the rave. Yeah. Um, which I mean, funny enough, like <laughs> that's probably about the time. Like 2013, 2014-ish PUBG in its heyday, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's more like 2016. Anyways. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, Project... Or, sorry, yeah. We play a Project Road to Vostok um, is essentially a Tarkov-esque aesthetic in a single-player game. You know, it's a bit like Stalker, but not really. A little bit more on the Tarkov side. It's a survival. It looks... I played the demo. It You know, it's... Something I'm interested in seeing yeah. where it goes, and um, you know, if you're really intrigued, I, I saw he's got some different Patreon tiers you can subscribe to to like get early builds and like get a little behind the scenes and you know play tests and stuff, which I think is really cool. I really, I like the, I really like the indie scene, man. There's there's so many cool games. I mean, one game that I've been dying to talk about that I'll just briefly mention is uh, Out of Action. And Out of Action is, again, one-man show here. Um, the developer's called Doku, or Dooku, I think I'm saying that right. And he's been showing off, uh, like, I say, like, showing off, like, advertising through social media a lot, which a lot of these indies really just rely on. Um and the game is like super interesting. It's like I'm pretty interested in it, but uh, essentially, right? I think he's got some prior experience in yeah. So 20 years in the industry, um, mm-hmm. like he's a developer. I, I can't remember the exact stuff he's worked on, um, but nonetheless, <clears throat> the game itself is just like kind of this first person. It's got like a little bit of a Oh, someone said like a little bit of a mirror edge aesthetic, but like really grimy and cyberpunky in a way. A little bit of Half Life, like the the enemies variants look kind of like Half Lifey, like the Combine. Um, but he describes the game as sort of like this reimagination of some of his favorite mods from Half Life One, from mm-hmm. like way back in the day. Uh, like I think one was called like Special. Ops or special, I can't remember the name, 
but it's kind of like this like create a class system i mean again this is like way before call of duty i mean it was like you know abilities and perks and you would like unlock them more as the match uh progressed and you know there's like all these cool builds you could do and there's a lot of really really cool stuff i mean there's a one of the big mechanics is slow motion where you can like enter slow slow mo and it affects the area you're looking like the cone you're looking towards right so because i guess that's how he had to develop it for multiplayer because it's in a multiplayer environment so like you play against other players they can like activate slow-mo and you're like now if you're looking at each other like you're both like it yeah you're both in slow-mo so like you kind of like play around that there's there's just like some really crazy stuff like (laughs) airbus bullets like just just some really wild wonky stuff you could like build like some type of like minigun character like it looks so <laughs> like it's just so you know what i mean like out of pocket yeah yeah that's the thing it's like so unique and I, i'm really hyped for it. it's coming out the end of 2024 so it's quite a ways but yeah check it out wishlist it on steam and uh i just love indie games man <laughs> that's cool that's a that is that is pretty cool yeah, um, we'll have to look for that and see if it's any good. But you're kind of like my tester for some things, you know. You you play like lots of different things. I usually don't get time. <laughs> um, one thing I did get time to do was, yes. last night was I managed to play a bit of Counter Strike Two. I've not been following up on the, you know, I'm really not hot on CS Two about like what's been going on with it, whatever. To the point at which like all of my IRL friends basically managed to witness my thought process unravel in real time <laughs> in our Discord channel last night, where I was just like. Uh, somebody was like, oh, we should play CS, uh, CS2 together tonight if people are free. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I like went and navigated to the page. I was like, I'll go download it. And then I basically sent a screenshot to Discord just being like, it says I've got 61 hours in CS2. I don't understand. Like, how is this possible? Like, I didn't play the, pr- the pre-order or anything like this. And then my next message is in there just like, hold on, where's CSGO gone? <laughs> and then I'm just like, wait up, they no deleted way. CSGO and over- overlaid it with CS2. Oh, no I see. Way. I see what they've done. It's basically like a big patch, which sort of makes sense. Like, I for somebody who's completely out of the loop, I guess that means everybody keeps their skins and stuff, I, I imagine. And yeah, it I guess means that it makes doesn't sense. fragment the player base yeah. and stuff. So everybody has to go to CS2. All tournaments have to be on CS2. <laughs> I don't they know, but I was just, just like, what? They like, straight up just uh-huh. delete. Like, you can still, I think you can still access it if you go to, like, you know, right click, settings, launching okay, some special okay. mode, and all this stuff. But, right, like, right. It's not supported, really, right? Um, so, yeah, so CS2 is it now. So, like, I was like, this is bizarre. Because I looked, went to go and find it on Steam as well. And I was like, it was already in my library. I was just, like, very confused. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so we played, like, a couple of rounds last night, just, just casual. Like, I, you know, I don't play competitive CS. I've, I've always been bad at CS, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's kind of nice playing. Like I, I did sort of like toy with playing something competitive for a bit. I was like, you know, should I, should I have a go at doing something like Valorant or something like that? Like maybe, you know, I see people playing it. Like lots of people like it. It's like kind of good. It's a bit like abilities, whatever. But they're just like, I feel like I'm just getting too old. I was just like too much to learn. I don't know the maps. I don't know the characters. Yeah, I don't know no, the abilities. It's like, man, whereas like CS2, I'm like, I, like, I know all the maps basically. Right. Like I don't know the ins and outs of like, you know, which peak or whatever, but like I freaking know the layout. I know that if I walk past this corridor, then there's a there's another lane down on my left and I'm not just going to get shot from it because like I know where it is. So there's that like huge barrier that's like not there for playing CS2. So we had a blast on that last night and um yeah it was uh it was interesting. It reminded me just how obnoxious I find the like recoil or like profile system in CS bit to be. 
I mean, I know why it's that way. That's fine. Apparently, I found out today because I was actually looking it up, just like what actually is the spray pattern for these things? Because like we may well go and play a bit. Um, apparently, there's a setting you can toggle on, which is the we- that the weapon or the weapon crosshair follows the recoil. So obviously, yeah, old timers are probably not going to want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're not really, because like, am I going to go and learn the spray patterns? Like, probably not. So you're probably better off having like recoil follows, like crosshair follows the pattern, because then at least you can sort of control it in real time. Because like otherwise, yeah, not, yeah. there's no real indication of where the bullet's going to go next. You know, you just have to kind of know um, yep. and play around with it in a off, you know, some some map, some training map or whatever. Yeah. So like that's you know that that is kind of interesting. I didn't try it last night and was just like dealing with it. And there was like multiple times of me just being like, oh man, I remember why I hate CS recoil so much. Um, like another friend of mine, he's like. He's, he's naturally more talented FPS player than me, actually. And um, he was just like, yeah, he was like, I just so much prefer Call of Duty style recoil rather than like CS style recoil. Just, I've always preferred that kind of thing. But um, I did have like my, my shining moment. So after the first little bit, I ended up getting into it. It was all right. I had like one shining moment, which was insanely good. And um, I think I did at one point try to align my sensitivities together. So they are quite similar to Tarkov, admit it, like to be fair. So there is, there is some crossover now, which is good. My muscle memory does at least like, mm-hmm. move from one to the other. And we're playing on a relatively new map, and I was like, I just wanted to use like one of the snipers. I didn't really want to use the orb because you're very slow. So I was like, I'll use the scout because I have like fond memories of the scout. It's not, it's not metal, right? <laughs> it's like two body hits to kill, and it's bolty. But um, I was like, I would just use this for a bit of fun. It's fine. And um, there's some dude like popped around the corner as I like turned up and was scoping in, and a smoke grenade popped out literally at that moment. But I knew where the guy was, and like a. F- Flick headshot him just on pure muscle memory through the smoke. Like I couldn't even see him. And it comes up on the scoreboard, like, you know, blind yeah. fire, like through the smoke thing. And I was like, guys, look at that. Mom, get the camera. Like, yeah, I was like, ah, this is crazy. I was like, that's amazing. I was not expecting to hit a shot like that. But um, yeah, the, the whole rest of it was like, usually there's like one or two people on the team that were like, really just like clearly good at the game and play a lot and were just like yeah. destroying everybody. Um, and so in the face of that, like it's, it's totally not meta, right? In, in C- the CS is like, there's all these different guns and the game revolves around, uh, the desert Eagle, right, the M4, right. the AK and the orb. That's it. The game is played with four guns for like 99% of the time. Well, so, um, yeah. unless, you're, unless you're playing like scrub tier. And so all the other guns are like not meta <laughs> and all bad, but at, at you know, at trash tier, it doesn't even matter. And I got most of my kills. <laughs> with this semi-auto shotgun which is like oh that's great <laughs> really bad not it's not a good gun but because we're all just so terrible like i just whether it was the way that i was playing with it like i had to like move up on people and like try to get behind people and stuff but i ended up getting like you know four or five kills in a round and stuff with it or whatever like we were playing you know it was casual so we we're playing like you know 8v8 like 9v9 and stuff like that oh okay um, but i had like some rounds that were just like complete massacres just nobody could hit their shots and i'm just like <laughs> blasting away with these semi-auto just <laughs> Like yeah, MP one five three vibes from uh, from Factory on Tarkov, like coming to uh, coming to the floor. It was it was a good time. So no, we, we had fun actually. I'll probably I'll probably play a bit more. Probably play a bit more. It was a good game. When I was on my CS:GO binge, or you know, it was like like oh uh, you know I'm like done with Dota two. Let me go play CS:GO. You know and uh grind that out so i was playing ranked in like the silver tiers you know like the early tiers like everyone was using the p90 because <laughs> you could like move and shoot and it was just like you know it was like fairly accurate yeah even i would succumb to the p90 it's just like the ultimate new gun i love it yeah. dude. 
It's so much fun. Yeah. Actually, there's, there's one thing that I would say about CST then. I did see this a little bit before. was about um, nading mechanics because, you know, that's the other really important part about yes. CS, right, which is flashbangs, smoke grenades, and, um, and frags. Uh, frags just to make people move. Flashbangs are, like, re- you know, incredibly powerful. They're not as long as in EFT, but, you know, they're, they're super powerful for pushing an angle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, they, and they, even if they go behind you, they still give you some blur. And then and the smokes, which pop smokes. incredibly quickly and are, like, very effective, right? Um, and so, but there's like this new mechanics. Molotovs. Oh, and there's Molotovs too. Yeah, there's Molotovs too. Just I think new. like, yeah. Let's see. I think it's saying go. Yeah, because yeah. I played mostly Source. Like that's really yeah. where most of my game time was. Um, yeah. But probably got like, I don't even know anymore. I don't think they even tracked the stats when I played Source. But I th- probably have like you know, five hundred hours of Source and like sixty of Go, something like that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So the the name mechanics in CS2 are actually kind of cool, um, especially around the smoke grenade in particular. Because the smokes pop out and they pop really quick and they've, they've got this really cool like volumetric effect when they come out like this. Yeah, that's and right. You, that's right. As you shoot, it kind of like you kind of like it like sucks the, some of the smoke through, it, like dissipates <laughs> the smoke slightly. It's like kind of cool. Yeah. But then you can throw a frag into the smoke and it like dissipates the smoke for a second, which is really awesome. And apparently, I didn't actually do this, but somebody said this to me, so I hope this is true. Apparently, if there's a Molotov on the ground, you can smoke it and put the yeah. fire out so yeah, like that's... there's now these interactions between the different nades it's mm-hmm. pretty interesting i was like oh that's like kind of cool like it's you know it's not like valorant abilities or something but it's no. sort of like you're sort of along the routes towards that a little bit it's like some some extra complexity there which is i i, I think it's cool yeah i think this i think the smoke mechanics are pretty cool because they're like as you described they fill the like if you throw them in the vents they'll like ex- like previously it was just like a sphere Mm. of smoke it didn't really matter but now it's like spatial awareness it will actually fill the vents and go further and travel through the vents whereas previously it wouldn't so i think that i think there's a lot of cool stuff there yeah i don't know what it was like in go but in in source you used to like throw a smoke into the uh into a vent and it was just like outside the vent yeah, as well you know I'm pretty whereas, sure it's the same in, whereas, go, whereas yeah. now it's like as you say it's like volume aware or like item aware like map map layout aware so there's a certain volume of smoke and so if it goes in a in a some kind of shaft or something and mm-hmm. it will like go much further because it's like yep. it's got a certain volume to fill the space it's like it's it's cool it's, it's very cool yeah, yeah I'm, very... I'm liking it so so i'm gonna try out this like aim follows the recoil thing and see how yeah. it feels um which will then avoid me having to like learn it in depth like before right. I even begin to play the game, which is kind of how it feels right now. It's like you can't really like unless you're going to go unless you're going to single tap every gun always. You just can't really play without learning the sprays. Like it's just yeah. I mean, every you, you fight can, feels random. It's not you come, good. It's, just, it's not a good experience. Yeah, and you come up against experience. people who are good Have and they just kill you every yeah. time. And they just kill you every time. Like there's no two ways about it. And so yeah, it's just uh yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try that one. Um, I'm going to try that as a new it's a new setting apparently. So never been seen in CS before. So we'll see what, how that feels. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. But it's going to be nice. It's another cool game to chill with the homies. You know, I've been having sleep issues with the little ones, which makes it very hard in the evening to play like Dota or whatever. Like, I just have to pass up. I'm just like, I just can't, right? Like, if I'm needed, I just have to go. Whereas like, I'm yeah. scared. So you're just like, I'm just playing a casual game. It doesn't matter. And I could just, <laughs> I could just freaking leave or just like go AFK or spectate or yeah. whatever. Like so much easier, um, which is awesome. What did, yeah. you, what did you think of the movement? I got to ask. 
I guess well, the thing I, about I guess... CS is that like it feels like CS is very archaic, right? And they haven't changed mm. it really. So it just feels the same way as it always has. Like the inertia is is weird because it's like you don't have inertia in a sense that like you have to redirect your momentum, but it takes you but it takes you time to start and slow down, I think. Like I didn't look at it yes. in detail, but there's also no sprinting. CS either. No. It's only like there's only walking and like sneaking. That's yeah. it. So it's yeah. like so it's a so it's a different feel, right? And like Tarkov, you're like throwing your weight forwards and then coming to a stop and but yeah, there's like in Tarkov there's slowdown. I, I I would guess just from my experience so far is that Tarkov has slowdown as well as acceleration. And I don't think CS really has much slowdown. I think it's almost all acceleration, I think. Um, I, can't, I actually can't I'm not sure, but Maybe this is a little I bit. Would, well, the the real the real dilemma here is like because like with CS:GO or Counter Strike, you know, you get it like if you're using that traditional gun, a good gun, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will, not the uh, auto shot, not the you know not not the P90, uh, you know, to be accurate, perfectly accurate, you got to be standing still. So there's a incentive to, and obviously, you know, you have to traverse the map, right? Mm. So there's like an incentive to quickly come to a stop, right? Yeah. And one of the ways you can do that is if you get the timing right, you can counter strafe. You know, like the the lazy we'll say like the lazy man approach is just like you let's say you're holding D and you want to come to a stop. You could either let go of D, which you would de deaccelerate, mm-hmm. or you could also while still holding D, just hold A. Which would do a similar thing. I don't know if there actually would be a difference between the two. I'm not sure which one is faster, but you, you're essentially like applying equal force yeah. to the opposite direction. I don't know if that like, I'm not sure, not sure. And then, like, what the pro pro thing to do is is like you let go of D, so you you start the de acceleration process, and then you tap A just long enough to where you accelerate the opposite direction to get even an even faster standstill, you know? <laughs> so I would say like, if you're, you know, once you try the AK uh, or like M4 with the new crosshair follows thing, um, see, see how that feels. I'm curious, like, you know, how does the, because I really like the counter shape mechanics, and I wish Tarkov would have something similar esque. Mm. Um, at least have the keys function. <laughs> let the yeah. let to the two inputs work. That would be a good step. But I mean, I'm I'm almost certain, right, that the the slowdown is like way faster than in EFT. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh yeah, but like yeah, because like CS is a much weirder profile though. Like EFT, even though yeah, there's all these funny mechanics and people complain about inertia and all this stuff. Like you do feel more like you're an actual real human in the in the map. I would say EAT is a lot more immersive in that sense. Like CS, you feel like a, you know, a physics prop on wheels. There's no head yeah, pop, a bit. there's no yeah, ADS, I feel that. there's no yeah. run. Like it's just, you just, you glide around the map. And the, these, this acceleration, the deceleration is like perfectly smooth. So you come to the corner, yeah, you're, just like, really good. And you're just like, it's like super, super smooth. So it's like, it's competitive, sure. But like, is it immersive from like a, you know, you're a soldier fighting in the gritty darkness of the far future. Like, no, not not really. But like, that's not really what CS is trying to be. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'll, we'll see what it's like. I mean, it felt to me, it felt like any other Counter Strike that I played. But like, I you know, I'd hardly play 
yes so it's mm-hmm. uh, i don't have a nuanced appreciation of the experience you know like i've like, I quickly looked up some of the pattern stuff and that's how i found the article about having this aim follow mode and people were just like comparing the two and they're just like so you look there's, there's recall is the rpm different on the ak like is it slight very slightly different between go and like cs2 and stuff and they're like comparing oh. these two recall park profiles <laughs> on reddit and i'm just like you know, it's that meme. It's just like, what's the difference? I'm just like, it's the same picture. <laughs> like, what is that? it doesn't look any different to me. They look the same. But, um, you know, obviously it's like, yeah, some stuff in EFT where some, some people say, oh, it looks the same. And I'm like, clearly not. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't think I'm going to become a, uh, a CS pro anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> but um, it's a fun thing to just blast Get around. Get a phase up, bro. Days, you know? <laughs> with that headshot yeah. the other day, who knows? <laughs> giga phase, giga beef phase. Giga, yeah. yeah, phase giga beef. Oh, I feel like you probably don't want any association with, with them anymore these days. So. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll try CS. I don't know. It just, like, kind of, like, like as you described, I like CSGO for, like, that hyper-competitive, like, you know, you're, like, you feel like some type of painter with your mouse. You're, like, an artist, you know? It's, like, this smooth flicking mm. you know uh like i don't know i like i like it kind of like for the purely for like the aiming the skill aspect if you will yeah um it's very kinda skillful like, my my days of that are long long <laughs> same here like am i gonna solo queue with it very unlikely am i gonna yeah. play casual on my own very unlikely like will yeah. i you know six stack into a lobby with a load of mates probably that's kind of the game for me, you know. It's the same thing with Dota, yeah. right? It's like these days my Dota rule is I don't play with more than two people that I don't know. We have to have a majority <laughs> on the team of five, otherwise I'm not playing the game. There's two of us. I'm just like, no, yeah. we're not playing we're not playing outnumbered with like right. randos. It's not the way. Well, I'll play with two randos, that's my limit. <laughs> it has to be yeah. three of us. The, the two people that I know and me. I, I, more than that, we're not doing it. <laughs> Um, I guess just closing out here, just I'll just quickly wrap up. Um, I played a game recently called Lies of P, which I did not know anything about it. I just saw a couple of Dark Souls YouTubers slash Elden Ring YouTubers do some videos on it. I was like, huh, what, what is this? Lies of P? What? I mean, like, what? P what? It's a weird <laughs> like, name. Yeah, so it's it's short. I mean... It's based off the Pinocchio story. It's like uh, um, a reimagination of the story, if you will. So that's what the P stands for. But yeah, it was just like, who, like, what is this? But I watched, I watched one review and I got halfway through. I was like, okay, this is definitely a game I'm going to like. No question. Bought it. Played it. And it is like, <laughs> it's so bizarre because I really enjoyed the game. I liked it a lot. And, you know, for those people out there who are Souls-like fans, Dark Souls fans, it's essentially very Bloodborne and like a little bit of Sekiro mixed in to it to sort of like give you an idea. I don't know either of those two. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you know, basically, I mean, the the Souls series in general is like very straightforward. Okay, so you, you you know, it's an action RPG. You slay enemies. Enemies give you a currency in Dark Souls, it would be souls, okay? And that currency you carry with you. If you die, you that currency drops to that location and you respawn back at a checkpoint. Checkpoints are like bonfired or scattered about. The 
world is like, you know, uh, multi-layered in some cases. Sometimes it's linear, but you basically fight a bunch of bosses, stories, very obtuse and obscure and like, you know, mysterious. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the game. I mean, when, when your souls drop or your currency drops, if you die again, don't get them, then you lose that right. and you spend the souls to like buy items level up um uh, but they they really like in my opinion of dark souls they really nail like boss fights and lore is like a pretty pretty good element like it's good it's like super easy to get immersed in it and mm. um but as far as like gameplay goes just like the boss fights are so satisfying and this game liza p the boss fights were also really satisfying but it this game had like a few differentiating things where it had like, and this is more leaning on the Bloodborne inspiration, which was like from Soft, the developer of Dark Souls, their PC or sorry, PlayStation Three exclusive, I think, which I've never played. I'm still coping for the day they come out with it on PC, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Um, and yeah, that game was like. Still like a Dark Souls-esque game, but they did a lot of things differently. And so this game kind of does some of that stuff as well, this Liza Pease game. But the story was like impressive. Like I was genuinely surprised how good the story was. You know, it's like some of the characters in there too are just like really um like they you know, it really made you ponder. I mean, the the story is essentially about like what it means to be human in a sense. Wow, um, you're dealing with like, yeah, because you're dealing with like puppets and, you know. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, okay, I see. It's, yeah, that's where the Pinocchio start comes in. And it's like, it's actually really, like, I enjoyed it um, from the story side. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they do a few things with the gameplay. Like, one of the really cool things they did is like, typically in like the Dark Souls games, you would, you know, you pick a weapon, maybe you swap to a weapon and like the weapon performs like scales based off whatever statue level. It's like some weapons are like scale greatly off strength, some scale a little bit off this. You could like modify the scaling a bit. Um, so you would like spec your characters in a way. What they did is like they still have that aspect, but then you can take the blade and separate it from the handle and mix and match. So you could take like a hatchet handle hmm. and put like a spear on top of it. And it would like retain the hatchet movesets where you're like swinging, but now you just got this giant long rapier <laughs> sticking out from it or spear. It's it was like so, like I don't know. It's really cool. I really liked it. I mean, I'm sure there's like some crazy stuff you could do. I mm. was trying to break it, and I couldn't really find anything too breaking. I ended up with like using a a curved great sword handle and put a giant wrench head mounted on top of it it was like <laughs> this like he would like hold it one arm it on the back of his like shoulder and then like just like swing it about it was like just this giant wrench club it was so goofy <laughs> but because how they handled it was like i said the the handle would be like the moose set and like the scaling but then the actual like damage and like speed would be based off the blade and also mm. the weight. So like it would it was like pretty well balanced, which was like nice, but also kind of felt like um like it was hard to break, which was kind yeah. of like sad on my end. You know, it was like so well balanced, I just couldn't find anything too that 
too game breaking. So I guess that's a good thing, but <laughs> at the same time, it, it is like, nice to break stuff sometimes. You're just yeah, like, oh, it is I nice found to break build. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like sometimes I just felt like, man, I might as well just use, you know, keep it all the same, like what comes with it, you know? Yeah. But anyways, uh, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, I play the game. It's really fun. It, it's very similar to Dark Souls if you like it. There's a big emphasis on blocking. Um, they got like the system where you, it's kind of leans into like the rhythm aspect of Dark Souls because typically you would, you know, you have like a health bar and you have a stamina bar that drains and replenishes very, very much like Tarkov's. And primarily how you avoid damage would be like dodge, dodging or dodge rolling. And you get like invincibility frames. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Where like you could just eat attacks essentially. And that was mm-hmm. kind of just how you. You could also block and parry, but this game, like, you can do that, but then there's, like, these, they call fury attacks, where it plays, like, a special sound effect, the character, the boss turns all red and glowing, he's, like, winding up for this big attack, and you, you can't use the invincibility frames, you have to either, like, completely dodge it, like, get out of the way, or block, get a perfect frame block, you can't just hold the block button, you have to hit it at the right time, so, like, some of these bosses, dude, they would just be, like, wailing on you, like, three times, four times, eight times in a row until you have to get, like, these perfect blocks. Oh, my God. It, it was, it was like, really challenging, a lot of fun. Um, I, I enjoyed it very much so, but it, it was a pretty challenging game overall. But it, it, at, the end, at the end of the day, I was just like, man, this was, like, such a good game, but this was just, like, a complete ripoff. I mean, not, not a ripoff, but it's just, like, it's like they took Tarkov and made, you know, Space Marine X. And it's like, you know, all the Tarkov S things, it's a different coat of paint, you know, good, mm. a good compelling story. They did a few things differently, but it's like, you know, the soul of it is like, you Something just else. copied the homework, you know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, it was just like, I also really like the homework that you copied. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's it's a game like, doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so you know, I, I think know. there's validity to that. It's like there's demand for this. They can only make so many games, so that's you true. Know, we'll we'll just make another one. People can play something that's that's not the same. It is different, and and go for it. I think that's probably fine if it's done well. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. That's the thing. It's got to be done well because there's plenty. I mean, there's a whole category of games called souls like where you know it's but this one is just like so well executed uh on many fronts like it just really kind of just like made me question you know not only my humanity (laughs) from the story but just like damn i i don't know it's like does it have a soul is it soulless (laughs) is it okay that it's soulless yeah loved it such a, I, I probably sunk like 40 hours into it, mm-hmm. beat the game, and uh, I think I'll play it again in a couple of years, um, kind of like revisit it, because I almost wanted to play it, the campaign through again, but I was like, no, no, no. I started to lose a, you know, at that point, yeah. I'm just like, uh, I'm losing a little interest. Like, it was, it was a lot of fun going through it the first time around, but. That's always good to come back to these things a bit. Once you've kind of forgotten about it, oh, how did this work? Yeah. And stuff like rediscover. Yeah. That is yeah. fun. Yeah, just just before we close out, I will be I'll be super quick on the the other game sure. that I've been playing outside of um outside of EFT, which uh is basically it's basically a Veritas recommendation. I was like kind oh, okay. of like I've not been um really following Starfield. I've been seeing you know 
it coming on the horizon and been broadly interested because I quite enjoy like single player space stuff in general. Mm-hmm. In particular, in particular, one of my favorite games um, was like X3, which is like a big space sim kind of game, like single player, but it's like yeah, it's a big economic trade simulator really in space. And it's like, yeah, building stations and factories and whatever. And it goes from, you know, individual ship up to like big empire, whatever. So like, I quite like that kind of game. Um, there's not that many out there, really. Um, and I'm less, I'm less of a dogfighty kind of person, more of a like, you know, progression kind of guy. So I'm like, yeah, I like Elder Scrolls and um, all of those kind of games. So I was like, yeah, I probably should like Starfield. But there's so many reviews that are like, I think I probably will enjoy it, honestly. And I'm going to play it at some point. But like with the mixed reception that it's got, I do think... For me, I, I'm, I want to wait a little bit and I want them to put DLSS in and I want it to run well. Mm. And like maybe I'll see like if there's a couple of quality of life mods that people have made for it, whatever. Like I'm not in a rush to play it, you know, like I, I wasn't hotly like, watching every YouTube video in the run up to it. Like it just so happens to have released and it's still kind of pricey. Like the cheapest I could find to get it was like £45, which, you know, it's still like it's, it's on the upper end for something that I'm just going to play through on my own in my spare time. So I was kind of like, you know, a little bit bummed about the sort of mixed reception and, and right. thinking like, well, I still kind of want to play something like that. I sort of almost, I almost hyped myself up to playing it just to, and to see what people said first. But I was like, well, now I'm sort of in the space vibe, you know? And I, I know Veritas has been like very um, downbeat on the game in general, like mainly for its dialogue, which like, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really a big dialogue guy. I don't really care. I'm much more of a gameplay kind of person. I'm a yeah. skip, skip through the dialogue most of the time kind of player. Um, but he recommended a, another game uh, called Outer Wilds, which I have been playing. And I know he said it was like one of maybe his favorite game of all time um, hmm. after playing it, which is pretty crazy. And like he hasn't given really any details away about it because it's a very difficult to describe. And B, you don't want to give any spoilers away, of course. Um, but like after playing it, it's I'm like, I'm, I would say I'm probably 80 percent of the way through the game now. At this okay. point. I guess it's relatively short. I think apparently there's like, I don't know how many hours there are supposedly in it. I mean, people saying it's like, you can maybe get through it in like 15 if you really rush or whatever. Like maybe it's up to like 25 or something. I, I'm not really sure, but I think I'm about 80% of the way through. And it's an indie game and it's in space. Um, but it's got like unique mechanics I've never seen in any mm. game before. It, it reminds me a little bit of like, it's a completely different type of game, but it reminds me a little bit of Subnautica. If anybody okay. enjoyed Subnautica and you enjoy space, you'll almost certainly enjoy this. It's like, individual like self-directed progression based on like solving puzzles and figuring out what to do next that feels like you're doing it all but it's actually just the game is like immaculately designed that's the way that i would describe it like subnautica itself could get confusing sometimes when you're trying to like solve the puzzle of like what's happening on the planet and da like how to escape or whatever um but this game's like kind of cool because it's like there's so much to it there's a big one of the main mechanics like on your ship that you have is there's a um, like a rumor mode thing. And basically the points of interest that you visit come up as like a block and things like join up like a sort of almost like a conspiracy theory pin board. And as you discover stuff, they link up together and, and sort of informational items appear in between based on what you learned. So you can't really like get lost. Like there's a lot of information, but because it's all displayed in a nice way, you can be like, oh, what did I do when I went here? And you can like go back and read it and say, oh, and that links to this and that links to this. And you're like, okay, so I probably need to go and do this next. You know, it's like it... It does a really good job of like stopping you from getting lost, um, because it is very sort of like it's it's weird. I was kind of expecting because like Subnautica also there's some like progression in the game, but okay. in in Outer Wilds there's like there's no actual there is no progression. You could technically go to any place right from the beginning, 
but you That's don't cool. act, but you don't know how and you have to learn <laughs> how to do the things to actually go and do them otherwise you wouldn't be able to and it's like it's quite a complicated world it's like the, the universe i would say is like small in scope but very very rich in detail which is like the way that it goes so it's it's like a tiny little solar system model is how the the, the universe works you start off on one planet and you have to basically like learn to fly the ship because it's not actually that easy. But as soon as you lift off, it becomes very apparent very quickly that the worlds are very, very small. And so you like you lift off and it's just like, oh, there it is. Like the, the it's like the curvature is like immediately obvious. And you can see all of the other planets like spinning around in the sky, even when you're just on the surface. And like I was reading a little bit about it separately. And they were like, oh yeah, we actually had like loads of issues with the game engine because the whole game is on physics objects. There are no static landscapes at mm. all in the whole game. It's all on like orbiting spheres, the whole thing, or the whole time. And you can see <laughs> them, like when you're on the surface, you can see the other ones going around because it's such a small scale. They orbit at like a crazy speed. Um, and the stuff like, you know, closer to the sun moves like incredibly quickly. And it's like, oh, sometimes it's even kind of hard to land on because it's like going so fast. But um, yeah, there's like this unique mechanic. There's other unique stuff about it, which is which is cool that I like. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say because that would that would spoil it. But it's like it's it's fascinating. Like it's it's very it leans very hard into like hard sci-fi, which is um, okay. also my forte in terms of like fiction and genre genres of fiction and and sort of media that I consume too. I love anything that's hard sci-fi, and they've managed to make puzzles within the genre of like hard science fiction about you know uh, like wormholes and and uh, like quantum mechanics and stuff like this but like you actually have to like solve them whilst keeping these concepts in mind that it like teaches you as you go through like it, it's nuts it's oh. nuts i've never played anything like it i can see why it's like veritas's favorite game ever because it's like right up his street and it's right up my street on that basis as well because it's got a very scientific like uh, basis to it um there's like there's lots of science all the way through but uh it's it's really really good and you kind of yeah you're sort of like so almost like a detective kind of like figuring out like what to do next and where to go but they're always like i've never been in a situation where i'm just like not sure what to do there's always something else to go and explore and somewhere else to go and try and figure out like how to solve this puzzle it's just like how do i even get to this place you know like what, how, do, how do i get there like i've done this to get here and then you know sometimes you have to go somewhere else but there's you know there's like the water planet and then there's uh and then that's got like a load of cyclones on it there's like the main planet yeah, which is like relatively I'm... benign there's like one right next to the sun which is like in a pair and there's like sand flowing and stuff like it's it's very cool the whole thing's I'm... just super cool I'm showing a uh, gameplay from IGN, and he's he just went through like this yellow planet. And it was like clouds and tornadoes, and he mm. landed. Yeah, yeah. It looks intriguing. It's very intriguing. I because it's so cheap as well. It's like it's mm. like ten pounds. I think so it's probably it's probably like ten to fifteen dollars yeah. or something like that. So I was like, well, you know, if, even if I don't like it, like right. it really lost. But um, right. yeah, if you like if you like hard science fiction, you like space. You like and you liked Subnautica. I almost guarantee that you'll like this game. I think um, it's very cool. Yeah, no, no weapons, no weapons at all. It's all, all just like problem solving, whatever. It's like even it's even weapon less than Subnautica, which is pretty. It's pretty weapon light in general, but there are some. Um, and even more, just like you can do what you want, and you're you are the limitation than Subnautica, which is like you know you need to get a certain level of base or whatever. There's like a certain base building thing to Subnautica that you have to get to, and like upgrade to different you know, vessels before you can go to certain depths or whatever it's just like there's none of that and this it's like you're the limitation your understanding of the way the universe works is your limit is is the limitation that you're stuck behind and like your understanding of how all of this uh all of the mechanics work it's like it's very cool and it's but, I, and it's really not that long does it like handhold you along the way or is it kind of like you gotta figure it out 
you got to figure it out. Trial and error. Sort of, okay. All right. Yeah, you got to figure it out, and um, like it'll give you hints as you go through. So like, there's a lot. Okay. There's like you read you read stuff when you get to the various places, and uh, those 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 like those texts sort of give you clues as to what to do um, next. But you sort of have to like sort of read between the lines, or like sometimes you look at the the, you know, the, the computer and it tells you. Like oh well, you know you went here and you saw this and da 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 and it sort of gives you ideas but you have you have to like piece it together it's not it's not like not that handholdy like the puzzles you have to work out yourself it'll give you some hints but you have to work it out yourself it gives you enough information to solve it let's put it that way but uh, yeah I'm not I'm not finished yet so I'm still trying to piece together the last few things like there's still stuff I'm confused about but uh, yeah it's quite some of it's kind of mind bending but it's it's great it's it's good fun I I love that kind of thing like exploring a completely like new universe and under like piecing it together. It's like it's proper classic hard sci-fi. Like you just get thrown in with absolutely no understanding of what is going on. And you just <laughs> um and you just have to like figure it out. You slowly just work out what's happening. It's like the the classic hard sci-fi formula. Great. I could dig it. Good. I'll have Good. to, you know what, right now. I got Steam open. I'll throw it on the old wish list. Yeah. Big recommend. Big recommend. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for V for pointing it out. To be fair, good. Uh, I have. You just reminded me of one other indie game that I'll briefly mention was that I finished yesterday was Gris, which is just a beautiful, beautiful indie game. Um, from the like artwork and music and um story i mean it's basically it's a story about grief and the five stages of grief and i won't say much more than that but it's just like i i don't even it's just beautiful man like the 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 art style is like a mixture like it's hand drawn ish um it's kind of hard to explain but Mm -hmm. it's it has that hand drawn aesthetic you know and uh it just looks gorgeous, man, and the the music along with it is just like, oh, it's just like it was so like it's basically it Gris G R I S, which means gray in Spanish. I think it's by a. Uh, I'm pretty sure they speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the developer, um, I, I follow them on Twitter, but I I don't know if they're like where they're from. But anywho, um. Yeah, it's just, oh man, I just, I, I, I really can't even put into words because it's like, it really just brings out emotions in mm-hmm. a lot of ways through like various things that happen in the game that, but it's like no dialogue. So it's also just kind of, it's an experience, man. It's like, That's cool. I, it's, it's very, you know, it's a platformer, pretty straightforward, but just the, you know, games as an art form, this is like that for me, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've not even heard of it to be fair. Yeah, I think it's um it's you know, a couple years like t- 2008. Um it's published by Devolver Digital. It got some uh a little bit of of reception in um you know, some of the uh it it's, it's, it looks like it's okay. It's fairly popular. I mean, there's like a million views on the uh YouTube trailer here. I mean, that's not crazy when you're talking you know, AAA games, but for indie games, it, it looks like it did yeah. pretty well. Um, yeah, you could you could probably get on your Switch. You have a Switch or Steam Deck. Do you have a Steam Deck? I actually don't know. Okay, I thought I thought maybe you did. Maybe someone else I'm thinking of. But... 
Anywho, um, yeah. Indie, indie game week here at Scav Talk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're good though, right? And they're like relatively low investment. That's the thing. And they don't take that yeah. long normally either. You know, you're not expecting, and this is the thing, this is the big difference. You're not expecting to spend 10,000 hours in an indie single player. So they can be priced at, you know, 15 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever. And you're just like, okay, I'll play that. And I got my, got my money's worth and had a great time. Yeah. And it's, interesting mechanics it's almost to me it's almost like the difference between you know reading a novel versus reading you know a series of short stories right you can you can very like you can hyper focus on a particular element without having it to be you know some great epic um and just like have a good experience within a, a shorter format with particular you know, something very specific that you're looking at, at doing mm-hmm. some particular concept without having to like milk it out for you know gris five you know the the the, yeah. the, the art style right. returns you know it's like it's just not necessary and that's the beauty of them right they can you can make them these one-offs which are around some concept and then that's it um yeah i know it's, it's good plus you get the exposure of like different ideas from like in, to use your analogy like different authors you know that's that's mm. that's really what i like most about them these just like they the really good ones just like really stand out you know they feel really special yeah all right, well, it's been a long one here at the Scav Talk HQ <laughs> with the Skype again, so we will wrap it up here. Thanks for tuning in as always, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.